Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. for the Dale Jr. Download. Mike Davis, co-host here. Matthew Lee is in the house. We've got Martin Trex Jr. coming on the show, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. He is one of my best friends. I can't wait to talk to him, see what he's got going on. So let's get started. And Martin Truex Jr. is about to be a first-time winner in the NASCAR Bush Series. Are you holding on to nothing? Oh, tell me this is something. Just got to thank you for the opportunity, and uh, hopefully we can get in there quick and help get Junior some points for that championship. All right, as promised, we got Martin Trex Jr. here as our guest. Martin, uh, where'd you come from? House. Yeah, straight from the house. Bed. You know what? Straight from well, the bed. <laughs> so the reason why I asked that is because um, he has a shop like right next to ours. How often do you spend time there? Uh, about once every two weeks. I probably go in there and sign everything. And they got a big room for you. To see what's going knock on. Your stuff out. Yeah. What's yeah. going on in there? Y'all got a new. We got a lot going on. Yeah. We got uh, screen printing business. We're doing a lot of shirts. When did that start? About six months ago. Yeah. And uh, you know the foundation runs out of there. Um, the whole back is, you know, it, it's, it was a shop built originally for maybe race cars or something, and it's turned Collecting into stuff. It's turned into everything but yeah, race last cars. Yeah, last time I was in there, you had a bunch of your own race cars, one of your brother's late models, maybe a bass boat or two, but now you're <laughs> turning into a real businessman. It's trying to get things going, you know? So, so the screen printing business, that, that one I wouldn't have predicted, right? I mean, yeah, would you have thought just, this? You know, it just kind of happened. We, well, uh, I'm in the I'm in the uh, filter, air filter business. Didn't Did see, that, see one? that one coming? Nope, yeah. nope. didn't <laughs> see that one coming either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, we'll, I, you know, we'll get down to, you know, what, what what's going on currently, but everybody uh, obviously knows that we were great friends, but I know that, you know, before you moved up to North Carolina, you were racing up north with your family. When you were a young boy, who was your favorite race car driver? Your dad. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's some pictures in your house, and I've seen them, and there's yeah. other drivers in those pictures. There's oh, yeah. Dale Earnhardt, and there's Jeff Gordon. Are you just kind of yeah. collecting different things? Yeah, I collected different things. I was actually I was a Gordon fan for a little while. Yeah. Uh, so how do you become a Gordon fan then an Earnhardt fan? Was it was I was the always, other way around? I was always an Earnhardt fan, and then... You Pulled know, from both of them. Yeah, and then when Gordon was like, you know, getting butt. good. I yeah. was, I don't know. I just You're the one friends. person so you that figured to be... out how to do that then. You, the, the I had a black put... hat and a rainbow hat <laughs> in, the same, in the same room, I guess. I, yeah. I, I like everybody, you know. <laughs> so your dad, your dad was a very good race car driver up north. Yeah. He ran uh, kind of the Bush North series, Bush North. which is kind of, well, I don't even know what they call it now, the Xfinity series up there. It's actually K&N East. East or yep. whatever, K&N North. Um, it's all changed so much, you know, it's hard to keep up. Canaan North, who are you? I don't know. What is that? But, uh, so you got into modifieds. Had your whole family been, had your dad drove modifieds, your whole family drove modifieds, and that's kind of where y'all all all started? That's where they all started. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's where I started. Our local track, Wall Stadium, Mm -hmm. and, uh, Dillner probably knows that, but, uh, that's what they race there. You know, street stocks, um, and modifieds. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I started in in modifieds, and that's kind of what my my family grew up doing and uh and going to all those races and so the modified tour was like a big you know big deal for uh for our family but my dad ended up getting into stock cars because he wanted to try it uh he wanted to make a living in racing if he well he wanted to be halfway making a living in racing he was still doing the clam clam and stuff but uh he wanted to go run some big races and he tried a few times and it didn't work out but 
Uh, he did really, really pretty good in the Bush North series for a few years. Yeah. First race car. Mine? Oh, uh, it was a, uh, let me think of what year it was. I'm going to say it was a 94 Troyer car. Oh. Um, modified. You were right in the modifieds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, so when I ran, they were like, it was a two barrel class uh-huh. uh, at Wall. So it was, you know, 10 inch tire, two barrel. So it wasn't like what they run on the tour right now, which right. is 15 inch tire and, you know, uh, 600 some horsepower the modifieds to me have always kind of been intimidating because they don't have fenders it's easy to jump on top of each other and 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 get some pretty nasty crashes with those things you start out without any racing experience well i raced go-karts for a okay. long time so how long did you do that um so i started when i was 11 and when i was 18 i raced modified so how many go-kart so races did. do you think you won Ooh, I don't know. Hundreds? No. Yeah, 50? No, I didn't even race hundreds, I would say. Yeah. Total. I mean, we had short seasons, you know. It was We didn't travel a lot. My dad was on the road racing, so my mom would take me, actually, to the track a lot. Or my aunt and uncle, my cousin Curtis raced. You remember Curtis? Yep. He did some work around here with you guys. He did. Ran some late models. But uh, we raced We raced together, so sometimes his dad would take us, sometimes my mom, sometimes his mom. And we just, whatever we could get <laughs> in the back of the pickup truck, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd go to the races. But uh, we didn't run, you know, we didn't run tons and tons of races. Okay. You know, we had raced at Flemington. We raced in New Egypt um, back in Jersey. And uh, that was that was really about it. So, uh, And oh. I even took some time off in there at one point. Really? Yeah. So when why I was, did you do that? I think I was about, I don't know, 16 or so. I'm not sure. I can't even remember. Like it just the the racing wasn't it wasn't really going well. Strong. It wasn't strong. I guess there were not a lot of people showing oh, up. Your area. The area yeah. wasn't it you know, wasn't great. Or um, it was hunting season. <laughs> or well, you know, you're 16 or so. You got other things going on. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, you get know, your driver's license. Almost driving, yeah. chasing girls, all yeah. that fun yeah. stuff. You know, but uh, just had a lot going on back then. You say you had a lot going on back then. You also, uh, I mean, you know, I've heard it. A hundred times, but I don't know if I really heard the whole story from you. But you worked on your dad's, you worked on your dad's boat. So, sure. like, in your mind, so I had this thing going in my life where I didn't think I was going to be a race car driver. I wasn't winning enough races. Uh, that was my reason why I thought I needed to try to figure out how to work in this dealership and be a mechanic. Was there? I'm sure there was a point in your life where you're sitting on that boat, going, "Man, am <laughs> I going to be doing this the rest of my life?" Did you have those moments and? <sighs> Yes and no. Like, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When I was doing that, racing for a living wasn't even on my radar yet. Mm. So I did – I kind of did it the opposite. Like, I was working, making money so I could race and, and enjoying – and, and honestly enjoying myself. I was still in high school working on the weekends to make some money. Mm-hmm. But because, you know, as a kid, you're getting your license. you got to have some cash and racing a little bit on the side. got to buy tires and all that stuff. But um, So I started that before I even, even got serious about racing. And just to just to kind of make some money and get get involved with the business, it was later that the racing started going well, and I actually stopped working on the boats and went to the sh- asked my dad if I could just stay in the shop and work on cars full time, and I went from making you know fifteen hundred bucks a week, probably on the boats, which was really really good money sure. straight out of high school, sure to like four hundred bucks a week, just enough to get by to work on the but I wanted to work on those race cars, yeah. so working on your dad's cars, my dad's cars, the yeah. ones I was driving, so. Yeah, I mean, he, it was cool that he gave me that opportunity. Uh, and were these modified? Was this the modified still? No, when I raced, he, he, you'd already progressed to stock cars. Yeah, when he when when he put me in the Bush North car, that's when I said, "Hey, I gotta quit. If I'm gonna do this, I gotta give it, you know, everything I got." And so I went in the shop full time. Do, do you remember when you and I met? Just out of curiosity, because I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm framing up this time frame. And and, and yeah, when I, you worked for Finch. Yeah, 
My, did you know Martin? Martin actually filled in a race for Finch, and I was working. This is my very first year, two thousand two, and and I remember that car. In fact, yeah. the sponsor of your car, your Bush North car, was the wasn't it the the, the clamming business? Yeah, yeah, it was right. just a family blue, business. Blue and yellow. Got uh, what year was it? Two thousand two. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was white, it was a white car that year. So, um, you know, we didn't ever we never heard of Truex and anything, but I remember <laughs> I worked with him that weekend because he, and you did well and, and, and we and, qualified well, right? But yeah, but so you got, our hey, expectations memory, weren't like memory huge memory of a racer. We qualified thirteenth. I'm pretty sure you might have to. Check no, no, I think that's right. I think and that's then right. we ran like literally 35 laps in the in the rotor. All the the hat bolts broke out of the brake rotor on the right front. What yeah. track was this? It New was Hampshire. Loudon. New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. Loudon. So 2000, 2002. That was two thousand two. Yeah, because Jimmy Jimmy Spencer was running that car, but he wouldn't do the non companion races. Right, and that's right. I think that's what it was, and so you were the one that run, yeah. ran that race for us. So, yeah, uh, which was made it all the all the cooler for me when <laughs> when you guys got met, uh, you know, uh, latched up there. And um, yeah. but anyways, so a lot yeah. of people, um, you know, assume that I was like. Hey, this Martin yeah. Truex Jr. guy, he's the guy. We're yeah. going to get him over at DEI. There were a lot more people involved in that connection. Um, do mm-hmm. you, can you talk about that a little bit? Because credit some of the f- folks that kind of helped me, pointed me toward your direction. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, so Richie Gilmore, who was, I get, you know, he was the lead engine builder at DEI at the time and, you know, working for, for uh, your family. A guy that was a volunteer crew member on my Bush North team. A uh, guy, Jerry Califf, he's from New Hampshire, and he would just show up on the weekends because he's from up in the Northeast. He would drive to the track with one of his buddies, and every time we raced up there, he'd help us out. Turns out he was the best man in Richie Gilmore's wedding. <laughs> so the connection was just, you know, he was talking to Richie, and they were would keep in touch, and they're like, hey, man, you ought to see this kid, and you yeah. know, he's doing this and that. And so somehow that's how Richie found out about me, and then obviously at some point you talked, you know, he talked to yeah. you about me. And you you were starting your team, and I don't know how all that started. That was something actually we've never even talked about. Which until be, now, be in, yeah, until now, today, <laughs> <Yeah>. dun dun dun. <laughs> it, uh, it'd be interesting to hear from that. But uh, yeah, I mean, just crazy how you just you make relationships, you meet people. I mean, it was it was pretty neat how that all worked out. Yeah, uh, Richie came up to me and he said um, we had kind of started chance two. Chance one was was me, uh, Carrie and Kelly racing our late models, right? And basically, it was Dad and Teresa taking a chance on us, and that was why they call it Chance Racing. <laughs> chance Two. So that that went away, um, and then a couple years goes by, almost about four or five years goes by. We uh, DEI say we DEI was going to start um, racing more Xfinity races, and so we started Chance Two, and we played around with uh, me running some races and a couple other people running races with us, and uh, Hank Parker Jr. ran a few races. But Richie came to me one day and he goes, "We got, I got a guy. We're getting ready to go full time. We're going to go full time. Commit to a, a one driver for the championship." And he goes, "This kid, Martin Trex Jr. You need to pay attention to him. We're getting ready to go to a couple races. I think we went to New Hampshire and you were running uh, your North Car. You were going to run some of the races with your car in the in the Xfinity Series. That's right. Yep. I remember that. And yep. uh, he was like, he was like, keep your eye on him. Keep your eye on him. And uh, I don't even know if I'd seen you run yet. And we went to Richmond to test. That's right. And um, we were standing there, and I had this freaking hot rod race car that Tony <laughs> Senior had built, and uh, Bono and all the guys that would eventually be Martin's crew uh, helped on that car as well and helped build it. But it was just a really, really good race car, and um, 
we were testing and I was like, I don't know what to do to it. It's pretty damn awesome. And I'm just out there making laps. I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm really useless at this point. And I saw Martin out there running his car and, uh, we got to talking a little bit and he was talking, I was Martin about how his car's driving. He was talking about how it wasn't turning very well and this and that and other. And they were kind of struggling on figuring out how to get it, get it, get it to do better. And, and then, uh, I think, I don't think it happened in that conversation, but then maybe 30 minutes later, I was like, Hey, you should just drive my car. Cause <laughs> if you drive, I was thinking to myself, I was like, during the rain delay. Yeah. It was a rain delay. Remember? It started Sometime showering in just not hard, just a little <laughs> sprinkle. And I was like, uh, thinking to myself, I was like, I never really knew what my car needed until I got a car that did everything. You know, you like, you, you drive race cars, not knowing if it's as good as it can be, you know, until you get in a better one and you're like, Oh crap. <laughs> I didn't know they would turn this well, you yeah, know, and yeah. I should have been asking for it to do this or, or trying to figure out how to get to do this. But so I was thinking, man, if he gets in this car, he'll know exactly what he's looking for and feel, and at least maybe that'll help him on his own car. But it's right, and and so we talked about that, and uh, it never cleared up. It started drizzling around the lunchtime, and we didn't get to finish the test. But that was, and and so I think, uh, and that kind of made wanting to get Martin in our car. Uh, more important, like, damn it, I wanted him to drive it. Now, now, damn, we got to get him in <laughs> now, the car somewhere, you, you know, so he can drive these cars. And uh, kind of that's how all that got going. We ended up running a, a couple races. Uh, we ran Richmond, I think, tr- ran Richmond, Bristol. Yeah, we ran like a handful of races, and then went full time the next year. And uh, I got a hood off of the car he ran at Richmond. Was Richmond. that the first race? First all white car. Yep. And then we painted one up, like my old Robert G, uh, orange and white. Ran that at Bristol. Um, we ran. He he was running in the top three at Richmond. We had an issue with the motor or something broke Tra- transmission. transmission. And uh, <laughs> he remembers. I remember all, everything. I, I remember all that stuff. Do you remember what your? We ran at Bristol and we just got a little dust up with somebody. Who was it? David El- Green. David Green. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> I remember being down on pit road and he was pissed. David yeah. Green still got Rat- one coming. Yeah, Jason no. Radcliffe was a crew chief. He was he was not too happy with me. Well, somebody down there was messing around. Even yeah. though you didn't get to drive the car at the test that day, do you recall that conversation? And do you recall what you, you in, in even internally felt when he said and he offered for you to drive that car? I don't remember the exact feeling. I mean, it, it was it was a while back, but um, I, I just remember thinking, "How is this guy serious? Like, he's just gonna let me?" <laughs> this is Dale Earnhardt Jr. He's, yeah, he's got the fastest car here by like three tenths. Yeah, he <laughs> it was, was so good. He was stupid fast. I'm talking. He, he ended up, you know, just destroying the field in the race. But I think in the test, he was even quicker than that. Like, right. as far as everybody, everybody separa- closed up to me separation wise. Yeah, um, but I was just like, I couldn't. You know, I really couldn't believe what was what was all happening. Did you know? were you? Did you? Were you upset when it didn't get to happen? Hell or are yes. you a little relieved? <laughs> <laughs> a little re- oh, I don't yeah. know. It seemed like if the that car is, was that good, I don't know oh, that I would man, want to no. be the one to I wanted I wanted all that. Yeah, yeah, I, I wanted you. to see it. The I thing, the thing is, is like um, by the time he did get in our cars, we didn't have the cars didn't have that kind of advantage and we didn't have That's that right. one light you know, that one yeah. lightning rod of a race car anymore. Because uh, if I remember wasn't that the fall race? Yeah. So I I believe it was, right? I think it was the fall race, and so I didn't run Till the following season, yeah. Mm. So I had I went from what is the fall Richmond race August or September September. So I went from September all the way through the winter, not racing at all. Well, no waiting, 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 waiting. 
because he's like, yeah, you're gonna try, you're gonna drive my car. You're just, I just want you to jump in there and see what it feels like. And then I'm like, well, sh- heck, <laughs> you know, not enough, yeah. Is it ever really gonna happen? Now I'm right. wait. I got to wait from September till I don't know March, April, May. It was yeah. it was like May for Richmond. Think about <laughs> think about that time span where I was like, I almost got to drive that. You know what I mean? Until waiting and waiting and waiting. It's like, yeah, it's probably never gonna happen now. You know, but luckily it all uh, it all came together and we got to make it happen. Yeah, eventually. Um, you moved up to North Carolina. Do you remember having that conversation with your dad? Yeah, down, down to North Carolina. Down. <laughs> down. <laughs> do you do you remember like having that conversation? Like I I'm, don't remember that. I'm gonna go live no in North Carolina. See y'all later. Yeah, I don't. I don't really <laughs> remember that, that. I think yeah. you know because I kind of you know I remember at first I was still running up north yep. the first year in '03, so I was still working up there building cars, racing, planning on racing the North Series. We ran some bush races with our own car. Um, and so that first year I was just kind of back and forth, you know, and, uh, you know, once I, once we figured going full time, we didn't even talk about it. He's just, he knew, I guess everybody knew I was moving, you know I mean? It right. was just inevitable, but, uh, down there. yeah, we didn't talk about it. I mean, I, they, they support my parents. They supported everything, you know, that I did. And they, you know, at that point in time, it was like, you know, they were going to let me do whatever I wanted to. You know, I was, it wasn't like I was a teenager, like some of the kids today that moved yeah, to North yeah. Carolina to race cars. You know, I was 24 years old. So. Yeah. Um, they were like, yeah, you can do whatever the heck you want at this point. Yeah, right. <laughs> I say that about your dad. A lot of, you know, there's all there's a lot of dads in, in that support their kids, support their sons in racing. Uh, there's some of them that are really aggressive. Your dad, be, I think, because he was a racer, he always kind of he was always there, but he just yeah. kind of stood to the side and watched and and was always not. I mean, the Truexes in general aren't big talkers, yeah, big conversationalists. But um, <laughs> say what? <laughs> yeah, till today. Um, but I always appreciated that about, about your dad, and you know, I, I knew that he 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 respected our operation and thought, man, I, I got my boy in a great opportunity here, and he we're just he just let Bono and those guys go, and you, you know, being 24, he trusted you. Uh, to be able to handle it as a driver. Uh, but I always appreciate that about your dad, even up to today. I mean, we work with uh, Ryan here at Junior Motorsports, and uh, he's a supportive father, but he's not, like, in there hammering the team about, oh, we're, you know, we got the best, we got, who's got the best motor here, you yeah, know, and yeah, all yeah. that stuff. And uh, I always like that about your dad. He's just a racer. Um, so you moved to North Carolina. Um, I remember <laughs> – This is my favorite part of the story, by the way. Why? Because do you, I, what do you, why why you think that so? Because I don't know the situation that Martin was coming from. I don't know if Martin had a place of I don't know if you had a place of your own or whatnot. But you moved in and, and slept on Dale's couch for a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I don't know. I just always found it fascinating this this perceived dilemma of I've made it or what the hell am I doing sleeping on Dale's couch? And is this really I made it? I mean, like it, yeah. I wondered if there was ever a point that you were like. If, is this is this the top of the mountain? <laughs> because he, you're basically sleeping on a couch, which, no disrespect, was basically a glorified two-story double wide, yeah. right? And then uh, the best look. A, I mean, it was the best uh, looking modular you're gonna see. Yeah, sure, it was good. Yeah. You know, you didn't have doors; you had curtains that you just kind of like just separated the rooms and whatnot. I mean, yeah. all I remember about that place was always dark as a damn dungeon. D- yeah, dark, yeah. dark, not a dark, dark. Not, a, a lot. not a ray of light, not a ray of light. <laughs> 
Um, you didn't and, do much during well, the day. Well, if you're going to sleep during the there. day, you got to have it dark. That's oh, yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Again, hint, you're proving my point. So, like, the mentality that you walked into, I wonder what the, that if it, was it was culture, a culture shock. shock. Yeah, I wonder Absolutely. if it was culture shock. I'm like, what in the hell is this place? <laughs> what are we? I don't know what we're doing, but this sure is fun. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this ain't the clamming business anymore, yeah, no, is it? <laughs> uh-uh. No, it's a lot more fun than so, clamming. So, am I close into how my, I perceive that yeah. time? Yeah, no, I, I had a pretty for me it was a lot of room i had a lot of room at the house and um i was thinking you know it could be cool to get to know martin and hell he can just move in i had two extra bedrooms and um so he ended up moving in and into one six months i think he stayed there until you eventually yeah it was quite a while it was a blur yeah (laughs) Yeah. it was something like we got a lot of rentals (laughs) around the mooresville uh-huh. And uh, we had a rental just down the hill, about a hundred yards from the house, and he moved in with a friend of mine, uh, who became a great friend of his. I mean, all my friends became his friends. Oh yeah, he put the yeah. dirty mo posse in charge of your career, basically at that Very time. And hence <laughs> another probably what the hell the guidance, have I got myself. The, the guidance was just incredible. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I mean, listen, it all worked out, and, and it, we sure, can appreciate yeah. it. That's but right. that that is funny. Now you lived in his house for six months. You say I didn't know it was that. I think long. he lived in there for six months, maybe four months. When did he get his own bedroom? Right away. Pretty I don't quick. know that he yeah, stayed on the quick. couch at all. Yeah, no, I don't think I ever no. slept on the couch. I was like, man, you're moving in. And he's like, okay. He moved in. Yes, sir, boss. He was, <laughs> well, I mean, he was quiet as a mouse. Like, you couldn't, sometimes you didn't even know he was there. And the, but the best thing about it is, is we, uh, we, lo- he liked, we both like to race on, or race on the internet, sim racing, on, yeah. on iRacing and so forth. And uh, back then it was NASCAR racing 2003, uh, one of the best games ever made. It was. Uh, for the PC. <laughs> And I had a, I had one room uh, dedicated to computer gaming. Yep. And we had an <laughs> octagon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had an octagon table that we built. Yep. Right in the middle. Basically, it was a cubicle, and we bought four of them and made an octagon table out of it. <laughs> we bought four identical computers. Back no, up. we. You. Yeah. <laughs> you. That's Amy says. Amy gets on my ass all the time because I'm like, we this, we that. And she's like... It's not we. Man. Yeah. It's you. you I, did. I didn't do a thing about those. Uh, yeah, I yeah. didn't have nothing to do with that. So I, I bought four identical computers, and if, I mean, a year goes down the road, all that crap's obsolete. Four brand new computers come back in the house. We're in there, <laughs> we're in there up, upgrading, updating, installing. We got, everybody's got the wheel. I mean, we had it, we had it set up, and uh, we had a lot of fun. We raced all night long, uh, sleep all day, eat junk. Yeah. Um, drink beer, and he drank. You drink Captain. Uh, that's oh, his drink. A captain guy. He's a Captain Morgan guy. What are you drinking now? A little bit of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You still drink the Captain? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Do you? That's all he drinks. In moderation. All night? In moderation. Yeah. D- d- when's the last time you did an all nighter like, like the old days? Oh, it's been a while. I don't even think I've done one this season. Yeah, you're not sometime last year. See, Dale helped you. I don't get even call. I don't even. They weren't all nighters. Yeah. They were. Just, that was just normal days back then. I don't do the. <laughs> yeah, I don't do the sun comes up anymore. So I don't even know if I, I call all nighter maybe like a four a.m. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah that, that times works. have changed. Yeah, I know. So uh, he eventually moved out of the house, and I don't even know why why we did that. But uh, I mean, literally, just moved hundred yards away. Yeah, moved in with my buddies, and he lived there for a couple years. One. Yeah, we raced through the Xfinity Series. You got two championships mm-hmm. with Bono. Uh, I remember the one thing that stands out about your about your Xfinity career uh, in those two years was we went to 
uh, Darlington, and we got a, had a chance to set up the championship, which we did. And Bono, I had, I was like, man, y'all gonna run this Wrangler car? It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> um, it's gonna be painted up just like Dad's car. It's not on the table, but I was. It's gonna be yellow <laughs> on the front and blue on the back. It's Dad's paint scheme from 1981, 1982 that he ran with uh, uh, Osterlin, JD Stacy, and uh, Richard Childers, and. The front's yellow, the back's blue. That's it. It's pretty simple, right? The car pulls up on the racetrack for the pace laps, and I'm standing there with my radio on. I'm pumped up. We're going to wrap this damn championship up right here. We're gonna, this is going to be awesome. And he pulls up the pace, and he's got blue valence tape on it. And I was so mad. I know you guys don't even understand why. It pissed me off. This doesn't surprise me. This doesn't surprise Matt. Valence tape? Yeah, the valence tape was blue. And I looked at Bono, and I went, Bono! Why in the hell did you not put yellow tape on it? The nose is yellow. Why wouldn't you match it to the nose? The front half of the car is yellow. The back half is blue. I will never forget that. But anyways. Martin, pull your ass he, back in the garage. Yeah. Get this right. Championship schmampionship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, hey, I'm particular about my face. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you screwed this whole thing up, yeah. man. But you didn't go on the radio. And, no, 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 and, no. Okay, no. good. Hell no. Well, I didn't know because you're bringing it up and Martin's sitting there well, going no. like this because like, he eventually well, knew about the it. Race, I, we, after the race. Oh, I, I think, heard about it. Yeah. yeah. Heard about I it. heard about it later. Yeah. <laughs> but we jumped it was a out. Big deal. Yeah, we jumped out. He wins the race. I parked on the front straightaway, I think. And uh, I mean, this is cool. Like, we won the damn championship. And. Uh, we got our big old leather jackets on, and I'm standing there. I'm like, can't in the Wrangler car. Like this mm -hmm. was a incredible, mm -hmm. credible feeling. Yeah, man, just in a short time, you went from, you know, working on a boat to being a champion, and and changing your lifestyle a bit. Even I might yeah. say, I mean, that is a that's quite a change in a short amount of time, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, it, it all happened fast. I mean, what can you say? But, um, gosh, it was fun. You know, yeah. <laughs> we had so much fun, and, and it just, uh, you know, I got lucky. What can I say? I mean, you got lucky? Well, I mean, just with some of the breaks, the opportunities. You think about all those things that had to just fall in place mm -hmm. in, in a year, in yeah. a year's time, or yeah, year and a half, maybe. You know, from that first time we met to win a championship wasn't, you know, a year and a half in between there. So, um, a lot had to go right. You know, got, got a lot of lucky breaks, took advantage of them. Um, man, it sure it was fun. I, I remember all of it. It's uh, it's just cool to you know to see somebody start a team like that and have that opportunity. And I I I always tell Dale, man, I owe you a lot. It's like winning a cup championship now. I I always think back to that and think if that hadn't happened, that's that was the first shoe the drop, you know. And it was like mm -hmm. all these other things came after. Yeah, it would have never ever. I'm telling you, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. So many things in my life had changed because of the opportunity he, he gave me. Well, it's I, incredible. I, I appreciate all <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. I wanted to make sure that we credited uh, Richie and and other, and other people that helped sort of point you course, in course. our direction. And, and, and apparently, is the best man in that wedding right. has something to do with it too. Because I mean that that was the connector that I never knew about. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, One of the greatest things uh, that for for. You know, me and Martin have been friends a long, long time. Martin and we, I mean, we, we'll talk about it, but we do a lot of things together. We're partners in some stuff. Um, but you always wonder, uh, you know, I guess you always kind of wonder about how important you are to somebody, you know, and, and you know what, you you know, I know how valuable Martin is to me as a friendship and how much I appreciate that. We, uh, I ran my last race at New Hampshire, 
and uh, Martin wins the championship. Martin's on stage. Martin's Martin cel- I mean, everybody knows Martin's career. He's celebrating the biggest moment of his life. He's got Sherry there, his whole team around him, Cole. They've done this incredible thing. Oh, you're talking about Homestead. Right. Sorry, yeah. what did I say? New Hampshire. Sorry. Homestead. So we're at Homestead. Well, I you know, I told my guys, I was like, if we finish this race and the car's in one piece, I'm going to pull down pit road and, and we're going to drink some beer. That's how I kind of want to close this thing up. They were like, great. I want to just be with my guys for a minute. And so that took about 45 minutes. We're down there. That's yeah, right. Hey, Everybody hugging and drinking beer. On, right? And yeah. I look, I look over there. Martin's uh, Martin's got things going on. He's having his life and his whole time of his life over there, and it just felt great, you know. Martin, my friend, is winning his championship and celebrating that. I'm hanging with my guys like I'd hoped. I was afraid I was going to get crashed. Something bad would happen. Something break, and I wouldn't finish, and we right. wouldn't get to do that. And uh, uh, somebody with uh, somebody with a production company that was recording and taking care of all that footage for martin to be able to keep it you know uh and even use it uh in his uh championship celebration later on at the banquet said hey uh i was sitting down to do this short interview about something and somebody said man i want to show you something and they ran this little uh they're showing me martin on stage and he's got he's mic'd which i forgot about by the way yeah of course multiple times so he's got it he's they mic him as soon as he gets out of the car they stick a mic on there and he's just out he they're just capturing him celebrating yeah and they're like i want to play something and they're i'm they put put the tape in they start playing it and it's martin and this guy celebrating and i was like all right this is cool <laughs> and uh martin goes to share and goes hey where's dale <laughs> and i was like damn he wondered where i was at in that moment that big big moment in his life I've always, you know, that's awesome. Thought the world of this guy, and always hoped that you know he valued the friendship as much as I did, and that, that really said it right there for yeah. me. That, that answered all my questions about what our friendship means to each of us. Um, just for him to even think about me in that moment where he's, you know, got you, all these other things happening. You weren't looking for Dale Jarrett by any chance, were you? I mean, it, it, was, it was him, right? right. I do right. like Dale Jarrett, but yeah. Yeah. it wasn't. No, and I came was over there. I came over there and. My reaction when Martin turned around, and he sees me. I was like, smack him <laughs> on the chest. I was like, you know, I was like, you did this. You know, I was so happy. And that damn Mike stabbed me in the hand. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Wow. I was How like, the hell at the clip. <laughs> and I was like, Martin, you got a pen. Make sure, make sure you warn everyone else that comes up here. <laughs> That's not cool. That's not cool. Oh, that yeah. they, they stuck that mic on the inside of his lapel, so the pen part was pointing out. The alligator clip. <laughs> yeah. Holy moly! Little, you know, the ones with the spikes. That thing it was got just... me. <laughs> I, I <was> like, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Something stung me. <laughs> like, but that's good. That, that, that's funny because never I mean, forget that. That was uh, that, that moment uh, was captured. I don't, I don't yes. remember where we watched it. Maybe it was like on the uh, on the um, what, what is the radio chatter thing that they do? Anyways, whatever it was, yeah, uh, radioactive. Th- yeah, the radioactive. Uh, but that moment, I mean, both <laughs> it of you definitely guys wasn't were t- on radioactive, but it was. I it was something, it somewhere, right? Yeah. And and you both are just elated yeah. beyond, which is what you would expect. But I, that is a cool moment. <laughs> I didn't, know, I didn't know you got injured in <laughs> the process. <laughs> oh man, I've learned so many things, here. Martin. Th- this may be a perfect opportunity because I, I know that what you're preparing to do for Darlington is basically a big gesture of gratitude. Is it not? Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and tell us about that. Oh uh, well, let's just. Has, let's has, just yeah. Oh, we, we got. Should, is that what this is? Yeah, I brought a car. 
Oh. To unveil. <laughs> so I know Dale. We all know Dale's throwback city, freaking everything. Throwback <laughs> is awesome, you know? That's just Dale's and, thing. Yeah. And valence uh, tape color. Don't get yeah. that wrong, God Almighty. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little, I was a little weird about this one at first because I'm like, nobody throws back to themselves something they drove. Or what, yeah. You got to throw back to like somebody. Some people do, but we're not saying I've some can endorse hey, that. I did that once. Most people. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, but then I was like, you know, this would be really cool because, as I talked about earlier, so many things had happened to get to where I'm at right now, and this car was the first car. You know, first real real sponsored car ad, <laughs> right? So uh, for Johnny, uh, for Dale, for Chance Two Bono, all the all the guys, Richie, everybody who made that deal work happen, mm-hmm. uh, we're throwing back to 2004, which is this is the car you'll run at Darlington. This is going to be our car for Darlington. Oh, okay, man. Hold, hold that up. Hold it up. So where's yeah? Where do you want me to hold it up to? Just, one of the five. If you'll set oh, it, so like, if you'll just set them on table, kind of pointed uh, the way the other ones are pointed. <clears throat> and it, the cameras are catching. And make sure it's though. like pointed exactly right. <laughs> Don't mess that up. We we need to have Dale like go over the paint so, scheme and see if he got it right. <laughs> I mean it's it's pretty it's, it's awesome. It's a pretty close match. Dude, it's awesome. So the, yeah, I think it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be really fun. I'm excited about it. That is cool. And Bass Pro man, I mean they've been such a, a huge oh man of yours. Yeah, Johnny. I mean just Johnny Morris. That's what, one of the things, Martin. They have been with you forever since since this car. Like literally. So that, yeah. Every single year, um, you know, even the year I drove, I drove the Napa car a few years. They were still a part of it. They were on the, I don't know, quarter panel or a C post or something, and had a relationship. And I, you know, did stuff with them away from the racetrack. So, uh, yeah, I mean, without without Johnny, you know, another person they owe so much to. He's just an amazing guy. Yeah. Um, loves racing, obviously. Loves, loves, loves NASCAR. Uh, supports a lot of people. You know, he's RCR. He still does stuff with them, but uh, just lucky to meet people like that along the way. And I would have never met him if, if it wasn't for you know Chance too and yeah. Bell and hit, you. You know, you having that relationship with him. So it's a sporty it's looking crazy car. man. <clears throat> it's a sporty car. Yeah. I love it, man. I think it's going to make a lot of people happy. Going to make a lot of Martin Trick Junior fans happy. I, I mean, you can't go to Darlington on Throwback Weekend and not have a good throwback, and that's going to be one of the best ones. Out on the track, one of my favorite ones, anyways. I'm gonna be there. That's right. You, you know, you're gonna he, race that weekend. He's racing I'm gonna that run weekend. The race. There's my car over there on the corner. The this blue one here. One. Look yeah. at that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I like it. Yeah. Thank you. And I'll be in the booth for your race, uh, which will be a lot of fun. Right. They always get uh, DJ and some, yep. you know, Cape and those guys up there. Well, that's cool. Uh, that that is a neat paint scheme. Both you guys are gonna have a fun weekend at Darlington. Yeah. That's gonna be awesome. All right, we'll get back to the Martin Truex Jr. interview here in a second, but uh, let's talk about a partner of ours, Audible. Listening makes us smarter, more connected people. It makes us better partners, parents, and leaders. And there's no better place to start listening than Audible. Audible is where so many inspiring voices and compelling stories open listeners up to new experiences and ways of thinking. Audible members now get more than ever before. Members choose three titles every month, one audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Members also have unlimited access to more than 100 audio-guided fitness and meditation programs. Oh, <laughs> I had the same thought. <laughs> Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more, all professionally narrated by actors, authors, and motivational superstars like Rachel Hollis, 
David Goggins and Mel Robbins. Y'all ever heard of those three? Uh, yes. Is he related big, to Marty Robbins? Big fan of Rachel big Hollis. Big fan of Rachel Hollis. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've, Goggins is my is Goggins one I've heard dude. Yeah. Hollis Queens. Yeah. Audible members can also get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. Free access to those. With the convenient app, members can access Audible anytime. At the gym, while commuting, on the go, and on any device. The best part is that it will always pick up right where you left off. Right now, you can get on there and get a New York Times bestseller, one that I highly recommend. It's authored by some kid out of Mooresville, me, well, (laughs) me and Ryan McGee. My book, (laughs) Racing to the Finish, my story is available now to listen to on Audible. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash Dale Jr. or text Dale Jr. to 500-500. Visit audible.com slash Dale Jr. or text Dale Jr. to 500-500. So uh, I got a question for both you guys. I mean, as, uh, as, as Martin progressed and then went on, I mean... Is that was that the end of chance too? Because I honestly don't remember how yeah. that how yeah. that transition happened. Like, and was that always the expectation when, so, when when Martin progressed on? Go ahead, Martin. Well, I think no. I would say that it wasn't. But yeah. when Dale ended up going to Hendrick, that's kind of when that all that did yeah. that all changed. <laughs> yeah. So that did Martin, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, I think when we when when Chance Two succeeded with Martin, that was sort of the. It, I, I think maybe the whole thing ended up being about getting Martin into the cup level, creating a you know a talented driver for DEI, another talented driver for DEI to be a great part of their cup program. And once that happened, the, the cup program increased, and that team moved up from Chance Two, oh. and so the the attention that we needed to put at Chance Two for it to be successful, we just didn't have the the people to That's do right. it, you know, and, and the cup program needed that focus. Yeah. Cause we just, we dabbled a little bit part-time right. with it after I moved up to the cup series to be your teammate. We yeah. did, we ran it. I pop started running it. Tony, yep. Tony senior started taking care of that car. It was just run out of the cup shop then. Mm-hmm. But you were still running those races, but we ran a few. We'd run Daytona. Yeah, that, yep. He's right. We kind of part-timed it a little That's bit. That's right. Okay. I forgot about that. Yeah. I remember those uh, those races actually. There was a particular race you guys would run those things together, yeah. um, and man, just wear them we out at Talladega. At, we were racing at Talladega yeah. one time. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of sim racing fans will remember this. So there was a, uh, you know, we're racing this game on on we're racing uh, NASCAR race in two thousand three, and you could edit tracks and create you know grip and stuff like that. And there was this guy <laughs> named Brian Ring that built these race tracks that had grip up against the high line, so that it would make multiple groove racing. And they called they were called. BR, whatever, you know, Talladega BR or whatever, Atlanta BR. Martin and me were at Talladega. We're leading the pack. <laughs> and I don't know why, but the top was working. And me and him were up there, and nobody could beat us if we worked together, in which we'd, we'd, we pushed each did. other all day long. Yeah. And we were running top, and I said to my crew chief, I was like, my spotter, I was like, tell Martin, Talladega BR. It's <laughs> <laughs> what's happening right now. And, and he, and everybody's like, what? What the heck is that? <laughs> it's like code. Are, yeah. yeah. And Martin was like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> they, I even, remember. Nobody knew what that nobody meant. Knew what the spotter, meant. crew chief, no one. They're like, what the hell are these <laughs> guys talking about? BR? And we're like, yeah. we're t- yep. there we go. We right to the top. <laughs> and destroyed them. I remember uh, somebody. I think it was Jason Leffler, maybe, 
But one time a guy got in between us. That's who it was, yeah. And we <clears throat> spit him out like the bar of soap. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, Martin's leading the whole race. And uh, somehow or another, I'd been on Martin's tail. Nobody could, t- nobody could take the lead, much less second place. And somehow or another, I think Leffler got in there. And I was like, oh, no. Down the back straightaway, I had such a run. I hit him in the ass so hard. <laughs> he turned him off the bottom. That I almost <laughs> spun him out, and he shot up out of the, you know, he shot up out of our way. And I'm like, all right, back to second. Now it's on again. Yeah. That was is, a lot of fun. Is that when you pushed him to the win? Was it like second win yeah. or third win oh, of his yeah. career? I remember yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was my first ever race at Talladega. Oh, really? Oh, crap. That was, that was my first one. And – yeah, he pushed me to the win. I that tore was pretty up so sick, much crap today. Like, you know, Daytona Talladega, it took me three years probably to figure out how to just finish. Well, I didn't finish there. my I didn't finish my first race at Daytona. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? We got the pole, and then we got wrecked in practice, and we started the race. We They fixed the car. Remember the Bono and those guys working, like, all night to fix the car? So we could start on the pole, and we we ran, like, 15 laps, got crashed again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this is not a good way to start the season. I'm about to get fired. You know, back I then I flipped was, upside Ooh. down the first Daytona race and thought, yeah. yeah. I thought, man, this is going to be a long, long year. Um, well, hey, let, let me throw back to that time <clears> as well. <throat> One more question. Back to the to the uh, Dirty Mo Acres. When did you actually move away from the from, from all that? And and what was well, that the, transition like? Um, because he was still I, running as a teammate. Year would have been, let's think, let's think about this. It so would have been. Uh, I know where. I, so I don't know what year it was, but we went on a guy's trip, and so he met Mar- He met Sherry. Would have been yeah. And they started dating, hanging out. Summer fall of '05. Yeah, summer we, fall of '05. We go on a guy's trip. We come home, and he's like, "Guys, I've, I'm old. <laughs> he's like, I've been thinking about it. I think I'm gonna move move out. I'm yeah. old. He's gonna leave the roost." Uh, <laughs> you know, we're all well. The thing, the, so you got <laughs> It was a it was a big decision. It was a trust big me. damn decision. So it was a big deal. If Did you, you make it Mike, during the guys' trip? Uh, yeah, probably no. not. No, 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 no. I mean, him and Sherry obviously been talking about this. So think about this. All right, Josh Schneider. I mean, I'm naming names here that nobody recognizes, but Josh Schneider. I mean, there were like. I'll bet more people know Josh Schneider, David Hovis, <laughs> Sean Brawley, TJ Majors. Yeah. There was about eight of us or so that lived on the property That's right. and rented right there. So we, we were a crew. Yeah. And and for one of the guys to move was was a tough decision, not only for him, but for everyone else, you know, because you're like, ah, oh, we see each other all the time. We hang out every day. We hang out all the time. And uh, you know, it, was, it meant that we weren't going to be racing in the computer room all night no mm. more. Wow. You know, it meant we weren't going to be hanging out on the back porch anymore. <laughs> what you know, those things were. But it was. It's what happens. It's part of life, and it's part of the process. And Martin wanted to make this change and wanted to spend more time with Sherry, which was an amazing decision. Obviously, I mean, he put he invested in her, and she invested in him, and they're still together today. But I don't understand where that guy's trip fits into this story. It was. I, I don't re- either. I don't, All I'm saying, I don't remember that. The guy's trip for me is just like the, the placeholder in time. It was the last, but it's, it was the last hurrah basically of the group. Not it, it, we it, didn't know that. We just I know we that. always went on trips. I know that, but yeah, but and that so, was that was the last y'all had Martin right in, in, <laughs> in the fold. He was in the in the game. I left left the posse. Left the posse. <laughs> got back from the guys. Oh, uh, wherever y'all went, if, if you don't remember where it went, I would imagine it was a it was good time. Good <laughs> <laughs> it was always a, always a good time. Because you used to tell me that Martin would. I mean, if he went, if you could talk about all nighters, Martin could go yeah. multiple nights and not sleep. And Martin? I remember that a couple times. Martin had I'm a couple s- gears in him that nobody knew about until it came out at night. 
And like he could just stay up all night. I still, I still got that. You still I got it. Oh, I'm pretty oh. sure I was born in like Australia or somewhere halfway around the world. Where your time, your, your body just, clock is yeah, all messed up. Always, always. Yeah. I do best on the West Coast. <laughs> I used to say it too. I was born on the wrong coast. I'm born some yeah, yeah, something weird about my clock, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's like it's time to go to bed and I'm waking up. You um, let's talk about Sherry. So, yeah, sure. You know, you you've uh, obviously this was probably two thousand five. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you guys been together for we met in like August. Ever. Yeah, we met in August. Yeah, and so you know, tell me what she means to you, man. Tell me what. Tell me how much of a how much. Oh, how, tell me, tell me what you know what she brings to the table and and how you guys make it work. Uh, well, a lot. I mean, she brings a lot to the table. We, like you said, we met in 05 and, um, you know, ever since, you know, first week or two we met, we've been, you know, we've been together ever since we lived together pretty quick. I mean, everything moved pretty fast. And then of course, and then it stopped moving because we're still not married, but, uh, you know, just, uh, he, he says that with a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I procrastinate a little bit, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we just, we've done everything together ever since then. We started yeah. our foundation in 07, you know, to give back and help people because we, we realized, you know, how lucky and fortunate we were to do those things together. But, uh, yeah, it's been just, it's been fun ride. It's crazy, you know, just how fast time flies. How yeah. All the stuff we talk about it just, you know, it was a long time ago, but it, it just it feels like yesterday. Really? You know? yeah, I mean, it feels to me, like I a think, lifetime ago. For I, me, I mean, I think for me, it does. Well, it, he hasn't slept yet, so he's. It does. It probably was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> was. yeah. No, she's been she's been awesome. My biggest supporter along the way since yeah. since we met. You guys got that catwalk for a cause that's coming up this week, it's right? This week. Yeah, this week. Wednesday I mean, that night. thing is blown up. That thing Wednesday. has become huge. It's yeah. like a NASCAR event itself. I think it's probably one of the the premier oh, you yeah. know charity events in NASCAR. No question. Most definitely. Uh, but we're we're never satisfied. We want it to be bigger every year, and you know it's uh, this year is looking good. It's our tenth anniversary. Crazy to even think about that. I'm like ten years. Crazy. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Yep. Ten years. Any big surprises? Any big plans y'all got for this one? Is, is uh, you know participants? You know it's yeah yeah. I mean it's tenth anniversary, so you, you're trying to you make, do it up. Uh, bring all the kids that have that have walked in the past are coming back. So mm-hmm. um, kind of like wow. an alumni type deal, you know. That's um, cool. Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty amazing. So you uh, do you can you tell us who's playing? You just have your good uh, yeah. musical act. Oh yeah, uh, my buddy Adam Sanders, uh, Taylor Phillips. I think you met maybe in Key West. Yeah, uh, Cole's buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, those guys are going to open up. That's going to um, be awesome. The after party, they're going to open up singer songwriter kind of deal. Just you know, back and forth, and then Cole's going to play. Cole awesome. Swindell. So yes, I basically uh, saw this show this past week in Key West. <laughs> It was it good? <laughs> it's oh, yeah. good. It's what, good. What, okay, what so I can my, remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So they were all down there? Yeah. The Singer Songwriter Festival yeah. was down in Key West. Oh, I got gotcha. you. A few buddies went down there and they just happened to be playing. But so, yeah. um one of the fun things about catwalk for for uh I think the fact that it's become such a big industry event is because the industry is so so much included. I mean, ever I don't know when the first time y'all had drivers walk, uh, but drivers walk. Uh, with these kids, mm-hmm. and I've done it a few times, or Newman's done it every single time. But yep. you, you got any new guys walking this year? Because that's always fun to watch the new guys go through that experience. You got to go. So a lot of people don't know this. You're gonna. It's a. It's kind of a fashion show. It's obviously about the kids, but as a driver, when they're like, <laughs> "Hey man, you got to walk. You're gonna walk this year." And you're like, "Yep, gonna walk." You got to go downtown Charlotte or somewhere, wherever you guys determine, mm-hmm. and we're gonna get decked out in some clothes, right? And so. 
I go down, down, down to Charlotte, and I go into this uh, department store, and these ladies—they're ready for you. They know what you're there for, and they got a couple outfits, and it's stuff that I, you know, I don't dress up. I this is me, t-shirt and jeans. So putting on some slacks or a button down—it's <laughs> it's a big it's, deal. It's tough. <laughs> yeah, I think same it's the same here. thing for Martin. Same here. And uh, but it's the fashion show will have a theme. Mm-hmm. Like one year it was kind of like a Charleston-ish theme and uh, pastels and whatnot. So. Anyways, the, the, that's the theme. You'll see the theme in the clothes, whatever they have there. And you kind of pick whatever you're comfortable with. They kind of try to twist your arm to wear a few different things you're maybe not comfortable with. And then they say, ah, oh, it's for the kids, yeah. you know. And then and everybody's then like, like, oh, oh okay. yeah, yeah, we'll do it. You know, <laughs> we got Newman out there but in white so pants. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which would never happen. Yeah, I mean, sa- it looked happened. like a sailor. It was, Newman. It was, <laughs> he's, Newman. He's awesome. Yeah. He, yeah, he does good. He is a, He's amazing. But it's so fun to watch like the new driver, the driver's not walked yet before, like the young guys that come in. It's fun to watch them go through this process because it's a big, it's a big event. It's very powerful. Yeah. And when you're standing backstage, you're you're watching like Blaney or Chase or those guys and going, "What if they get how important this is and if they're having fun and and you know because you're nervous, you're gonna walk out in front of all them people. The first time I did it, I I was scared. I was nervous <laughs> to walk out there, and the kids aren't. They're like having a blast, you know. Um, but it, I think that's why it's become such a big event. Not only do you have a great actor, somebody that you're going to see that's going to be a lot of fun, like Cole Swindell uh, and those guys, but you get to be involved. You know, you get to be a part of it, and that helps you also learn about it. Like when you're a part of the event and you're there watching, listening, and understanding all the things that are happening and what Martin and Sherry have been able to accomplish, I think that makes everybody sort of feel invested in it. Um, so I'm excited for you guys. Uh, me and Amy are out of town, so we're not going to be able to be there this year, but. I know it's going to be amazing. Our first time, the first timer we have this time will be Blaney. So yeah. we had uh, we had our pizza and painting deal uh, a few weeks I ago. I saw, yeah, uh, at, at Rescue there. Ranch. Blaney came. He he was really awesome with the kid he's going to walk with, and he's. Uh, I know he was a little bit nervous, but I was disappointed that I didn't get invited to the painting, and I assumed it was just because mine was so good last year. <laughs> Yours was <laughs> so good, we couldn't bring you back and make it look good. Like, what was it? Well, so we had uh, it was a sandcastle. You know, was that last year? I think it's two years ago. Yeah, I can't remember. Anyhow, this is up in my house, this sandcastle okay. painting that I made. Amy's is right next to it. Old Bob Ross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Happy trees. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. I, I took art in school. I feel pretty good about uh, I feel pretty confident, you know. And I Googled. Like, we're sitting there getting ready to paint this stuff. All the kids are around. Other drivers, Newman, uh, Trix, everybody. And uh, we're getting ready to paint ours. Amy's starting to paint. And I Googled Sandcastle to get a like image mm-hmm. and he totally some cheated. ideas. He didn't even follow the cheating. script. I just wanted some shading <laughs> ideas and uh, destroyed Amy. That's great. So we, I'm like, Amy, I love these photos we did. I love these paintings we did. We got to put them up in the in the Key West house. I don't know. I think it's awesome. <laughs> but, 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 but wait that is really cool. <laughs> if, Martin, if Martin remembers this, I that, just like I, it because I'm like, look how good mine is, Amy, and it just wears her out. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, I just remember that everybody, you know, you kind of there's a there's an instructor up front, you know, and they give you the steps and they tell you what colors and how to do it and all this, and everybody's looks pretty similar. And then you get Dale's over here. He's like, <laughs> hey, everybody, look at this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mine looks I nothing just, like anyone else's. <laughs> Everything I know about that this all makes sense. Amy yeah. was it's so. A, yeah. No yeah. blue, no blue valence tape. Amen. Yeah, right, no. right, <laughs> yeah. right. Don't get that uh, wrong though. So, who? Uh, a lot of fans always ask me. One of the you know popular questions that you get when you're out there is who are your friends on the racetrack, who are your friends off the racetrack. Yeah. So, who's your best buddy out there right now? Um, 
My best buddy out there now is Newman. Right. We, so, we, we spent a lot of time together out, you know, hunting and fishing. And Every time that I was at the racetrack, to, you know, in, uh, up till 2017, Truex would be parked next to me most times. Yeah. You can always count on there being about eight rod and reels stacked <laughs> up against the, tr- against right. the bus. <laughs> Depends then, on depends on where you're at, you know where we're at. Yeah. So we got some we got some uh, honey holes along the and way. And you there. just kind of watch until those rod and reels weren't there anymore, and you knew they were him and Newman were in a fishing hole somewhere. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, so who, well, okay, so who's not your friends? <laughs> I mean, he has that. He has all, that part too. Kind of know that. Uh, all the rest of them. All <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. No, I mean, I, I pretty much get along with everybody, you know. Yeah. Um, but I don't really hang out with any of them other than, it's than Ryan. So, it, it's a tough balance, you know. Yeah. You try to be. It's hard to be friends with, you know, somebody you're going to race that hard against. So, uh, me and Newman just have a, a good respect for each other relationship. How did that start? Because y'all, I'm seriously, just, y'all, y'all's friendship is yeah, really, really fishing, tight compared fishing. to drivers, compared to most drivers. Y'all spend time, like, not yeah. a lot of drivers are going to spend time together on the race weekend. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And y'all hunt together and so forth. Yeah, I mean, just, we. I think it was just fishing. We yeah. started fishing together and it was like, you know just hit it off there so do y'all get competitive we don't even hang out that much it's just if we're, there's just somewhere to go doing the fishing yeah. like we have our spots doing you know? the fishing like, see i don't yeah. fish I don't even <laughs> yeah. when you're doing, doing that you, fishing i don't think that's what they i don't uh, think that's how they fishing. refer to it <laughs> hey you want to go do that fishing you want to do that fishing thing yeah, you want to <laughs> i don't fish you want, you want to go fish the fish today or you want to <laughs> catching deer yeah <laughs> y'all do that too yeah. catch and release you just gave, you gave a big shout out to catching deer there yeah yeah they'll be they'll be happy yeah they will what is hunting with dale like by the way <laughs> uh, i want to know that how, t- t- tell me about this Look at we are the com- we're the complete freaking opposite when it comes to hunting okay so like i'll just I say know. that i don't know if we're a complete opposite but Dale's well on his phone he'll practice hey, he pra- he'll, sh- he'll practice his bow and i'm exaggerating bright but it's he'll shoot his bow almost every day and hunt, yeah. you know, dozens and dozens of shots, right? So he's if you go look at his target, it's just destroyed. <laughs> it's just disintegrated. I'm like, time to get a new target. A long time ago. Yeah. And I got my bow in the case, and it gets shot when I'm up in the stand. Like, <laughs> like, oh, when he's we, taking it out of the piece. Oh, so Martin, Martin and me will be talking, and he's like, we're like, hey, okay, let's go hunt. We're going to go hunt. We're going to go hunt. Yeah, you shot your bow yet this year? Shot nah. you? Nope. <laughs> we get there. Time to go hunting. Let me get a bow out. Let me shoot that thing a few times. Okay, shooting. Doing good. I think I, I think that's going to kill it. So <laughs> that's it. And so that's what uh, I mean when I say we're the complete opposite. Martin uh, is the best guy to be friends with when it comes to hunting because, you know, I mean, I know some of the gen- general rules about wind and all that, but yeah, I forget some of it. You know, I don't retain it. And this guy is like an encyclopedia, knows all the things that you need to be thinking about. Got all the cool gadgets and and stuff and stuff, and so that's why I love hunting with him. I mean, LW is the same way. LW is particular, and LW is kind of the guy that controls. He's got our side by sides, and he's got everything charged up. He's got he knows what we're gonna have in the cupboard to eat and all that stuff. And <laughs> and you it's guys, good times. you're obviously talking about because you guys both together jointly yeah. own, L- that's right, right. own land in Ohio, right? So yeah, me you, and Truex and, you, and my brother, my brother-in-law LW. Our partners on this property in Ohio, and we've owned it like six years almost. Man, yeah, crazy, 20, right? Since twenty fifteen, so four years, four years, I guess. Martin is the to me. He comes off as that guy that like you know you you're. I don't even know what the word is, but like you enjoy hunting, but you ain't going out there if it's too below zero. Well, crap! I, oh, yeah. come on! I you ain't staying out. No, there. no, no. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I when we were hunting in Missouri, I think 
Yeah, you, uh, that year you went. Eight. I didn't go that year, but oh, you went with Tony Jr. Yeah. and those. Yeah, minus eight. Yeah, yeah. it's freezing. He was the only one left. You, like, I, the Everybody story else stayed in. I um no, I'll go out. I'm hard. I like when I'm there. I'm there to do it. Unless you know, I don't go in the morning hunts though. Trex goes and gets up in the, mor- yeah, the morning, which makes no sense because you you like to get up early now, and I don't. Yeah, yeah. But well, I mean, there's some things well, you get up one. for, though. <laughs> yeah. This show and hunting. Martin, <laughs> hey, you guys have no idea. <laughs> Martin gets up and goes to the morning hunts. The morning hunts, so the, if you if you know anything about deer hunting, the morning hunts, the evening hunts you hunt on a field, particularly most of the time. You're going to hunt an open field, a food plot or something, because they're going to come in there and eat right for hungry. Breakfast. Right, yeah, right as the sun goes down. That's, oh, that's fun, sitting in a field, watching them come in there and eat. In the morning... You gotta find. You gotta hope. In my mind, this is what it's like. Uh, you sit in a deer stand in the middle of the woods, hoping they're gonna walk by, coming out. You know, <laughs> hoping that it's like hell. Pick a spot on a thousand acres and hope his ass is gonna come by there. <laughs> I don't sound like no fun. Like I know they're coming into that field because that's where the food is, but I ain't gonna stand in the woods and hope that's the trees gonna walk by <laughs> on that particular morning. Like no way. Is this what it's, it's just like? funny to hear his thought process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah I mean, right. <laughs> Get into his mind. Is this what it's like? I mean, is this what he's saying at uh, hunt camp? Yeah, but I mean, it's more of an educated guess than just finding yeah, yeah, yeah. It, picking a tree in the middle of the woods and sitting <laughs> right, in it right, and praying right. to God the sun would go and walk by you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, nah, there's more to it. It's <laughs> that's, a, that's that's a fun part of it, the challenge. You know, it's not all about just you know having the deer you want walk by. I mean, it typically never happens, but yeah, it's so, all about putting all the pieces together, which makes it fun. Between me and Trex, we get invited to hunt everywhere. Yeah. Um, Trex. Really? <laughs> you don't? Where are we going? You everywhere. Yeah, come on. You get I think it. you I don't do. Know. I don't Every know. time I talk to you, where are you He's going? Right. You're not going to Ohio. I'm going to Montana. Right. I'm a, right. I'm a, right. I'm going over here to Missouri. I'm and going Texas. to the Alps. Or yeah. I'm going to, you know, whatever. <laughs> So we get we get invited on hunts when we you know people will say hey man we'd love to have you hunting give you a business card and all that stuff I don't want to go I I I'm just insecure and don't want to go somewhere else to someone else's property and hunt I just don't I, it's like driving someone else's car I want to drive the car I own not your car I'm not driving your car home right so but you know Truex is comfortable he he he's confident in his hunting skills and abilities and and he's gonna go have a good hunt when in he gets words, an opportunity to hunt somewhere where there's big deer he's gonna go do it. So I've been on a few of these hunts with him, yeah, and uh, it's intimidating. So when uh, I, I do love to hunt, though, and I really love to bow hunt, which I think Martin got me into that. And uh, I got a couple shotguns ready, but I just don't enjoy, sh- you know, shot. I just don't enjoy it as much yeah. as bow hunt. So we bought this property together, so that's where we go hunt, and that's we've have we have this property, and and we talked about it for our our future and our kids futures and and our family's futures and all that stuff right so it's going to be around for a long time it's kind of something that keeps us connected keep keeps us together place for us to go spend time he's a race car driver i'm never going to see his ass otherwise (laughs) i know how that works yeah (laughs) so uh you know and it's it gives us something to talk about you know how we're man the best thing about the the whole experience for me is i've learned a lot about managing this land from him and lw as they're talking about moving the food plots around and, and, you know, cutting out a field and all that stuff and watching, like Martin, the freaking thing about Martin is, so we start getting these deer on our cameras and it's not hunting season, but we're looking at them and, and talking about, you know, well, this is a, this is a shooter and this isn't a shooter. And I'm learning all about that. And, um, two years ago, next year, deer come back on the camera. 
oh yeah, Martin's Martin's like, oh yeah, that's that buck, that's that buck <laughs> from that plot, that food plot over there. Oh yeah, he's a, that's, uh, he's a. That, you remember him? He looked like this. You remember him? Yeah. <laughs> Scouting Martin, report. <laughs> so Martin can look that's at crazy, all man. the pictures yeah. and remember the deer from not only last year but the year before. And understand like how they're growing, their progress, where they're at, where their feet. Like so, that's the thing. I guess that's the one thing that I'm a little jealous of or envious of is that Martin knows where those deer are going to go. Martin knows the tree they're going to walk by because he does as, the as, time. As like if he, they wrecked him back in 1999 yeah. or something. That he, <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I can remember all that, and I can remember my setups from '98 and my modified, but I can't remember people's names. <laughs> like, he studies this crazy so hard. Yeah, and I'm like, oh man. You know, if I want to get the big guy, I don't. I need to do that. I need to be able to know where the big guy is going to be. Martin already knows. Uh, <laughs> Martin going to tell me where he is? <laughs> depends. On, depends. It's pretty fun. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, well, a couple things about what you just said. One, you know, the insecurities that you might have about going to other people's properties there. You, it would probably help if you shot the bow a little bit before you went out there. That could help. I can't. I ain't got time to do that. <laughs> Ain't got no time to practice. Who needs practice? Practice. Practice. We used to. I used to. We used to. I used to call Martin up. We'd practice a little bit, but it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. I got. I got a couple things, Martin. If we get back to racing here, there's something fascinating about the trajectory of your career, and that is yeah. what is perceived to be misfortunes mm-hmm. end up being fortunate blessings. Yeah. Blessings, right, right, right. And, and I can't think of anybody else that has the stories quite like you do. So, yeah. I, I guess you know, I want just kind of your gut, maybe even short answer, one word answer. When I when I talk about when people bring up, uh, well, you've talked about Chance too and, and Dale. Yeah. When you went to MWR, when people bring up MWR, what is your gut reaction and how you look back at that time? Well, it's I mean, there's, it's more complicated than that. It's not just like a, a one. You know, it, it was. It was good. It was bad. I mean, it was everything mm-hmm. in between. You know, we had good times and bad, but obviously the way it ended sucked. I mean, it was awful. Um, not just for me, for a lot of people, you know. Uh, but like anything else, you know, you, uh, you're you only, you know, I learned a lot from, from all that stuff. All the bad stuff made the good stuff, you know, feel it was worthwhile. Feel great. Feel great. The good stuff feel great. But I learned a lot in all those crappy days and when stuff was going bad, whether it was DEI or whether it was, you know, MWR. First year of Furniture Row, I mean, it was, was completely awful as well. So well, that was just, my next question, Furniture Row. Yeah, man, you just, uh, it, it teaches you, you know, to, to appreciate the good days and, and to fight like hell when the days are bad. I mean, that's just kind of, that's the end of the story. All right. Uh, you know, you work your ass off to get where you're at. All of a sudden, stuff goes haywire, and you're like, "Well, hey, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not done yet." You know, <laughs> I can remember going to MWR. People are like, oh, "You think you can win here?" I'm like, you're "Damn right! If I didn't think I could win here, I wouldn't be here." You know, I can remember that was like, like it was yesterday. We had this big round table with reporters, and when we announced, you know, I was driving that car, and they're like, you know, they pretty much, they didn't say it, but they looked at me and pretty much said, "You can't win here," you know, and and I did. When did you realize? When did you think that truly think that when you were at Furniture Row that I could win here? I never thought I couldn't. Really? No, no. As bad as as bad as twenty fourteen was, um, you know, I knew that you know, like like the like the other times and the other places I was at, you know, just a few changes, some hard work, you know, and you never know what you can do. So, you know, you just you always uh, I think believe in your mind that you can win no matter what's going on. Cole Pern. What about Cole Pern? Uh, when, when I bring up, I don't know anything about him other than 
<laughs> he's like he's almost like the Messiah. Messiah. I mean, evil, gosh, evil, evil Canadian genius. Yeah. I mean, geez, I mean, <laughs> I, like I, can't, I can't. It's like you know, skinny Doctor Evil. Right. T- tell me, <laughs> what about Cole Pern? Do I need to know? Um, like he's just uh, he's he's different. He's just different than anyone I've ever worked with. He hates hates like to to lose to not win finish mm. second. He's pissed off. You know what I mean? He's just always he's always mad. I'll tell you that's one thing most people don't know really? about him. Yeah, he he's doesn't always mad. He doesn't look mad. He just oh, kind of looks serious. Mad. Yeah, he's mad. <laughs> he's mad. He's a mad scientist. <laughs> but uh, no, great guy, and uh, you know he just God, he's just that fire is burning bright. You know what I mean? He's always digging, always working for something, but, well, looking for something. Crew chiefs and drivers. I mean, you know, there's some people that would say that a good crew chief makes the driver. There's others that say a good driver makes the crew chief. What are your both of your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's a combination. You know, I think it's, uh, you know, your personalities kind of have to be a little different. You know, like Cole and I, I think, work well together because we're, we're so different. Literally, I have to, you know, keep him calm a lot of the time. Literally, mm-hmm. behind the scenes and then during the race, he's got to kind of keep me calm without – and he gets mad at the same time. But um, it, it can be tough. You know, I think personality-wise, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of tough. I think Creechie's crit- uh, critical. <clears throat> you know, today in these, with these cars, is, is it, the car is everything. You know, you just can't make up for uh, a car that's not going to be competitive. And so that crew chief's where, you know, the crew chief that can bring performance is uh, yep. so important today. Um, a couple things I wanted to ask you before we let you go, Martin. I gave you a lot of <laughs> last year at Martinsville when you didn't get more aggressive with Joey Logano. And me yep. and you had a personal conversation about that. And you said, look, I don't, I don't, use, I don't use my bumper. I'm not going to run over a guy. Tell me. Uh, explain to me when you're going to use your bumper. When are you going to be aggressive as a driver? What's going to bring that on? I don't know. You just know it's just going to be a snap it's, decision. It's going to have to be. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever? Have you been ran, close? Have Yo, you so ever moved a guy out of the way for a position? Not on. Well, on purpose. Ever lean on him? Yeah. yeah I mean, I have before a few yeah. times, but I mean, I just don't run somebody over for no reason. You know what I'm saying? What's so, your so definition here, of running a guy over? Uh, what happened to me in Martinsville? Yeah. You know, and here's here's why. So, like I would be totally okay if that with that. If I was if I was leading, guy run me down. Yeah. You know, a couple laps to go, whatever, last oh, lap. Hey, okay, yeah, move me, bump me out of the way. But when I just worked seven, eight, nine, ten laps to pass your ass without touching you, maybe a slight slight rub in the quarter panel, um, to just go in the next corner and just drive through the back of me. Yeah. That's not that's not how I do it, you know, and I wouldn't, I would not have done that. Um, so even with whatever, if you think I'm right or I'm wrong, I don't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, like yeah. that's just right. my opinion. Even with everything I don't on care. the line, like does that not change it at all for you? If you're, if it's like that elimination and that has to win, has to win, have to win factor in the playoffs. Uh, no, that doesn't change it. No, not God. for me. That's commendable. I, it is commendable. That I just makes me feel bad about myself because I don't know if I, <laughs> I must. I'm not. I'm not a good person. I'm not a good person. <laughs> I would dump the shit out of somebody. I don't care how clean they were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, in, in hindsight, it's like you know, I wish that I. I wish I would have done it differently. Yeah. Because you I, know, let's face it, I would have had back-to-back championships. Yeah. I'll tell you this. Like when in that moment, my frustration was. 
over I was I, my my frustration over it was because of my own career. Like mm-hmm. I was so nice all the time, too nice. That's a good point. You, people would would do the same thing. About it. Yes, they would. And yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, damn it, Martin's too nice. Damn, he's gonna regret that. You know, if one day down the road you're gonna go. Ah. I might. You know what? I, f- I would wreck him today if it was if I was presented with that opportunity right now. I, I would have just pushed him out of the way and took off, you know. So yeah. Now hold on, I'm curious. I mean, there th- will there will come a time, I'm sure, when I'll say the same thing. Yeah, you know. But That's hey, what I mean. you you, li- you make decisions every yeah. day. You have to live with. It's right. not just right. race cars. Yeah. I mean, the, the way you regretted that he didn't move, Joey. <clears throat> the, do you are you harboring some regret in a particular incidents where you wish you would have done <clears throat> an aggressive? Oh yeah. Like what? Um, Harvick. Not just. Uh, which which Harvick? Martinsville. No, we've been and through this. He tried. I tried, man. His bumper was <laughs> oh, destroyed. That's right. And I drove all the way to almost the fuel cell. And I'm like, there's nothing happening. He's <laughs> not even moving him hardly at all. And I, it was over. Okay, bad, not Harvick. Um, I I mean, there's a there's a dozen. Uh, I ran in the back of Newman off of turn two at, at the Winston, and I thought I hit him hard enough, but. His ass oh, yeah. never lifted, <laughs> drove right out of it, and drove away and won the race. 2003. I would have won a, yeah, I, think. I don't know. I had another damn. I mean, my car was so fast. Uh, so there's those regrets that, like, um, could have, would have, should have moments. Yeah, like, God, why did, man. why did I do that? There's why so didn't many I? Many of those. Mm. I mean, that, that happens with everything. Yes. Yeah, so, all right. Ha, <clears throat> um, how's the transition been for you and Cole uh, <clears throat> to Gibbs? I mean, you guys. It, Furniture Road for so long. You're going to Gibbs. I think everybody was kind of wondering, will this change their performance at all? Will will they fit into a bigger team that does everybody does things differently? Culture's yep. different. Uh, I'm obviously that stuff's going great. Yeah, it's been good. I mean, you know, honestly, for me, it's it's the least the least amount of change if somebody had to go through was me because it was, I'm, <laughs> I'm just a driver, right? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I'm not in the shop every day. I don't have to make the big decisions, all that stuff. So for me, it was pretty simple. You I notice think. anything different about the cars? <clears throat> Cars are the same. Just look the same. Yeah, everything's pretty, the same. Pretty, I would I mean, always. They're pretty close. Getting a I, when I went from one team to the other, and I know the same team, same guys building their stuff. Yeah. But I always felt like, man, it just turns different. It, the steering wheel has feels different. Something yeah. just a little tiny things, not better or worse. It just something's a little different. Yeah, there's some things different, like the brakes feel different, and the right. steering box feels a little different. Isn't that weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how like you just get so tuned into feels and. What's something just Pressures feels like? Yes. Mashing a brake or something. Yeah. Getting uh, somebody else's car, you're like, what the hell? You can't even su- drive it. Any big surprises <laughs> moving over there? Um, no. Those guys? No. The, the team debriefs, you're pretty much in those already. Yeah. I mean, none of that's any different. Not really, no. Yeah. Hmm. So it's like you're already in that company. Yeah, that's why I said it's easy for me. It's just for all the guys that had to, you know, we had what we have about eight guys from Furniture Row, I mm-hmm. think. So a couple shop guys, you know, a handful of row guys. That was a big deal for them to have to move, you know. Colorado picked their families up, move out here, and then, you know, of course, the chain of command that Cole has to has to work through now. You know, he was in the shop. He was the man. He was always just the guy. But there's there's positives, now there's a system positives and negatives to yeah. it. You know, like anything else. All right, so we don't really cover a ton <clears throat> of current racing. Like we don't we don't on this show we don't do a segment where we talk about the yesterday's race. But sure. we had an event at Kansas. That was pretty damn amazing from a viewer standpoint. Sucked from my standpoint. It sucked for your standpoint. Where did so, you finish? I don't even remember. Uh oh. Nineteenth. It, it wasn't memorable. Is it what was you're definitely not memorable. All right. So there's been a lot of talk about the the package and and what drivers think about it. A lot of drivers are starting to get a little more vocal about <clears> their <throat> opinions, not liking it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, some drivers like it. Some drivers don't like it. Uh, yesterday, for all you know, for most for most people's standpoint, was a or Sunday was a big win or Saturday night Saturday was a big night. win. So I mean, for I this, haven't watched it yet, so I, yeah. I'm not sure what it looked like. I don't think you will. But yeah. judging Doesn't by sound the way, like you're I, going yeah, to spend yeah. the time to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe until the next Kansas race when you're doing a little recon. So where do you, where do you, where do you think we're going? How do you think this is going to work out? Are you asking about the package? Yes. Okay. Which which track? Which day? All right. So it, it just it's it's. You think it's you, do you think it's good some places? Uh yeah yeah. But it's not for every place. It's not for every place. Yeah. Yeah, no. there's a I lot mean, more you're wanting to say I, here. I can tell. Is. Well, yeah, there is. Has there been? Know. Is there somebody <laughs> saying to you, Martin, don't say stuff about the package? Isn't yeah? Well, probably. Well, is you he, would is, know. Is he sitting behind you? <laughs> is his name <laughs> Tyler Overstreet? <laughs> <laughs> he looks over. He's like, oh, <laughs> don't don't say what you want. What you, don't say what you told me Friday. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's such a challenge, you yeah. know. I, my opinion, I, we need to get we need to. I'm kind of different than everybody else, though. You know what I mean? Like you're How you so? have a completely different opinion now than when you drove, right? You know, so so I'm I'm still I still got the driver opinion, right? Yeah, yeah. I want I want racing to be you know what I think it should be, mm-hmm. and that's not exactly what we have now. That doesn't mean it's not good or it's not making people happy. Sure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So sure. I, I I like I really like the load down force that direction. Mm-hmm. This is the complete opposite of that. So I'm not a huge fan of it. I'll be honest. Um, I think we need to go the other direction. You know, get the cars off the ground, get the you know get it so the air. Right now, that you're so it gets so bad behind other cars. I can't even explain it. Yeah. It is five times worse behind a car than what you drove. No, it's worse in traffic than anything I've ever been in in my life. Yeah. You know, in my racing career. Mm. And so I, I think that's the wrong direction. But you know, that's my, that's just my opinion. Yeah, ten four. Everybody has. One. I think you have. I think a lot of people have that opinion about the downforce. Um, I, I feel like though, I, you know, if you could, you know, if NASCAR could snap their fingers and unengineer the cars and, un, and, and everybody unlearn everything and yeah. get them off the ground, they'd certainly want to do that. No I question. wonder. And I've not heard anything. Uh, I don't know anything about the next generation of car that they're building, but I'm wondering uh, if the drivers do know about the direction that they're going with that car. Is that a car that they're going to try to undo some of those things? Where is this car? I mean, do you know anything about the development of the next generation car? I've heard bits, uh, yeah. bits and pieces. Are they know, positive things? Are they things that you're you're hearing good good things about? There's so much on the table right now. You know, I think the owners are are big part of that decision, making those decisions. Owner council and and you know, there's so many so many groups that get together and meet these days. But um, there's just a lot of things on the table. What what they're going to standardize? What parts and pieces is everybody going to have that's the same? What are we still going to be able to build? So I mean, it's it's really tough to say right now. Yeah. Hmm. All I, right. I keep hearing people say the cars are too easy to drive for for the drivers. To I be would able to I show would definitely talent. I would definitely disagree with that. I mean, okay. I, I still think I still think you know you see the you see the the really good drivers and teams winning. I mean, yeah. um, you know, if you look at who's won this year, and and, and the same guys still seem to be running up front. And um, from what I can feel and see out there, I mean, they're still hard to drive. You know, mm. right? I mean, you're always it's always going to be hard when it's competition and you're trying to be better than the best, yeah. right? You're always you're always measured up against whoever the best is that weekend. Um, and you you know, look at us, we wind over, go to Kansas for a nineteenth. I mean, that's just how tough it is, right? Yeah. So um it's how, still tough, but it's different it's in a different way. 
just between us, how, how did you feel about the package at Talladega versus Daytona? No well, the restrict plate versus the, <clears throat> the tapered spacer, having a little more power. Way more fun. Way more fun. Way more fun. Like, I crashed. You know, I'm usually – and I was like, I don't even care. I had fun. You know what I mean? Hmm. It was uh, it was a fun race what was for sure. What was different about it that made it so much more um, fun at Talladega? The runs? The runs were big. You could just – you could – it was like you were a kid out there. You're just like, ah, oh, I got to run. I'm going to see what I can do with it. You know, it was just constantly moving, constantly making moves. And you didn't have to worry about staying in line and being, you know, being like, man, I got to stay in line. I can't make a move or I'm going to lose too many spots. I'll never get back yeah. up here. You know what I mean? It just was, you were like, yeah, it seemed throwing, like throwing Hail Marys all day. Yeah. It you seemed know? like that too kept the field from forming that high line. That's exactly that ended, right. That ended up, ends up dominating the, the, the race for that period of time. Yep. Because those runs were so good, you you weren't going to have everybody sort of pigeonholed into that top top groove and being yep. controlled. Um, you could jump out and make passes and keep and, and dig. So that, I thought that was good. I, I I feel the same way about the package. I mean, I I hate to even get into conversation about it, and that's why I don't, we don't talk about it a ton here. Sure. Mike hates the word package to begin with. <laughs> I, just, I think that it, I think we really got to as a sport. Well, why are we get saying past. package, Mike? No, no, I'm package. Yeah, he package. phrased that kind of oddly. <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, <laughs> I, I think that we really just, from a narrative standpoint, need to get past this. Uh, you know, talking about rules and packages every single yeah, week, so I we agree. can talk about something different. Agree, as a yeah. guy who's not drove the cars this year, I'm super, super curious. Yeah. I would have loved to have been in that race at Kansas, just so I kind of know, like, okay, here's what they're dealing with. Um, so yeah. I'm interested. But uh, I feel the same way. I think I don't really care what horsepower they have. They can have 550, 1,000. Yeah. Doesn't matter to me. I think they should have zero downforce and as much yeah. drag as you can put on the front of the nose of that thing and let yeah. it eat. Yeah. I just love that you can cuss on this show. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite part. Well, they'll just Did you not know out. that? We, let's start over. I know. So let's God. get cussing, Martin. Oh, crap. Let's get, uh, let's yeah. get profane, Martin. You know, got we just, down can we just do, re, redo the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> we want this to be the Dale Jr. download BR. I mean, because that apparently is uh, what's version. up. That was the Talladega BR. We want to know what's up. <laughs> this is the Martin Truex BR. <laughs> yeah. I like that. <laughs> well, that's right. cool. It is, after, it is after nine now, so it might yeah. start to wake up. <laughs> Where do you go from here? Where are you going? What's, your, what's your, what's your uh, uh, I got, I got Mondays a big, I got a big day. What do you got to do? It's got to be good. Yeah, I got a big day. I got to, I got a lot of stuff to do at the shop, so. Okay. For real? Yeah. My shop. And then to, uh, go to my shop, do some stuff, and then go to uh, Joe Gibbs racing and oh, uh, team meeting. It's Monday. The team meetings. Everybody and... wants to meet on Monday. Yep. Well, man. <laughs> Wonderful. I've enjoyed it. I have, too. Thank you for being here and so early. I, we, I, I really We do usually do this in the afternoon, but Tyler said that you were more of a morning person, so we bumped this up <laughs> to 9 a.m. You guys, you guys knew better. <laughs> <laughs> you guys knew better. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Martin. It's been fun. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. You got it, buddy. Thank you. Enjoy your day, man. You too. All right, guys. So um, to keep going with the show here, we had uh, Leah put out a question of sorts, and we got some really freaking interesting responses. We do a lot of social media, and I think this one for, for me was my favorite read as far as going through the comments. <laughs> uh, tell us what we got. Uh, finish the sentence, I was so drunk once that I... Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. And Martinsville Speedway chimed in almost immediately. Briefly changed hot dog suppliers. That was a good one. That, that is funny because they did that, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah, took a lot of like heat a year. for that. I was, That's right. I was pissed with those kind of dogs. Did people freak out? Yeah, people oh, yeah. freaked out. Traditionalists <laughs> hated that crap. Jesse Jones is the, the hot dog yeah. there. So 
what are some of the other more memorable ones? Uh, we had a good one. Somebody submitted this. An employee at Dirty Mo crawled across A1A in Daytona because we couldn't stand. We did obey the law and use the crosswalk, though. I wonder who that was. Must have Matthew. been Leah. <laughs> Matthew. Jason, Jason Allison, you know him. Yeah, He's I the know. one that yeah. – I kind of yeah. remembered it because we were uh, – Okay, Mondays, remember when they had, we had those off Daytona? Nope. No? Well, there was a party yeah, bus. Yeah, yeah. We ended up on your party bus. And y'all were on my party bus. Your, your party bus. Oh. And we ended up at that place where it was $10 How all How in the hell drink. did I get roped into this? <laughs> I don't know, but this is good. Somehow well, the, the you night ended with me being so drunk, I poured a drink on my brother's head. We got kicked out of two other places. Um, and, yeah, we crawled across the street, which I thought I remembered. And then the next night, we were hung over at this dinner, finally eating. And Gordon's pit crew came up to us and was like, man, y'all were drunk as hell last night. I was like, oh, well, you saw us? Where'd you see us? And he was like, crawling across A1A. And I'm like, oh, crap. Wow. It was Jeez. real. Yeah. It's dangerous. <laughs> Dumb. Not, not smart. Dumb. Another not smart. Um, Dave, my hand fell in the toilet water after I puked and flushed. The cold water <laughs> felt so good on my hand that I put the other hand in on purpose and passed out that way. My God. <laughs> I'm glad it was the cold flush. It was, yeah. He at least flushed it. Have y'all ever heard about, you know, putting a uh, person's hand in a cup of water while they're asleep and they'll yeah. pee them? And they pee. Have, you, Have you ever done, done that? I've never been able to. I've never done that. No, no. we've never done that experiment. Yeah. Uh, but I've heard that that works. Right? Yeah. I mean, Have you ever drawn on somebody when they're drunk? Oh, oh that's yeah. fun. Well, <laughs> not, even their when face. not even when they're drunk. I mean, just when they're asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> used to happen all the time when we was in soccer. Yeah. What else did you have? Hermit Hill, uh, he got married to his now ex-wife. True story. <laughs> oh, he, he was drunk. <laughs> he, got, he got drunk and got married. Wow. Apparently, it, it didn't last. Uh, Lisa, she put her iPhone 5 in the microwave. She thought it was a hot dog. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's drunk. That's pretty drunk. <laughs> what, I wonder what that does. That like, what it it probably like, blows up. Was it, did it blow up? I'm kind of curious I'm sure. about that. It's metal. Like I put a, if I, I put a uh, Chick-fil-A sandwich with the wrapper in a yeah. microwave, and it about destroyed the <gasps> kitchen. So, I mean, a, a, a phone is definitely going to have severe consequences <laughs> if, if microwaved. That's yeah. bad. Yeah. Have uh, y'all, ever, y'all have never put a metal? Yeah, foil, tin foil yeah, by accident. It, 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 it was like blue. It was like on fire. Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't know that. No. Yes. Try it. Makes sense. Don't put no foil don't metal. Foil. Or, yeah. I'm like, I never would have thought about it. It's a wrapper for a sandwich, right? You don't think it's got foil, but on the interior it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Yes, what else? That's scary. I, um, I want to know this guy. <laughs> yeah, do you have I one? I get to go last. You got one? Oh, boy. <laughs> Davis has got to go have last. one, too. You know Leah doesn't have crap. Mike, no, did you, do you have one, Mike? I was drunk. that I, I, The only thing that comes to mind is that uh, I was so drunk once that I, I really, if I was ever close to a divorce, uh, <laughs> it was because I got into the moonshine one time after a July 4th party. <laughs> and I, something about moonshine with me, like, Moonshine makes you think you got muscles that you don't have. It makes you say things you don't need to. It makes you see things that you don't see. And next thing you know, you don't remember anything. And that was that, that was me. Now, in college, I had a bunch of stories. I don't even think they're that abnormal. I mean, if you haven't woken up naked by a swimming pool that you don't know where it is or who how you got there, I mean, what have you done in your life? That's kind of like David. Uh, he wrote in and said he went to a party in Manhattan and woke up in Philadelphia. That's good. That's pretty big. That's a, that's, that's a different city. That's <laughs> Not doing sure it. how you do that, but Ooh. it sounds interesting. Leah, have you got any experiences personally? Dude, yeah. no way. Okay. I'm a control freak. I cannot let myself like uh, get control. Yeah. But, wait, I, okay. Whatever. Uh, but, but you've been drunk. Yeah. Okay. When, like, when's the last time you've been drunk? 
I don't know, probably like last fall. I don't think I. I you don't do anything stupid when you're drinking. No. Bull crap. Mm. You oh, know gotta, what? I gotta we, get to the bottom I, of this. This is the thing. We should get her drunk. Nah. <laughs> sounds sounds, uh, like sounds HRE kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds a little H, like a human resource issue that we would have. Right? We gotta go have some grape juice at the Western <laughs> Town someday. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Maybe we don't go get her yeah. drunk. <laughs> all right. What do you well, got, Dale? Uh, I couldn't remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that like and that's I, the end of the story. Yeah. <laughs> so I asked Amy. I said. Um, I said, man, I, you know, I, I'd have to really spend a lot of time on it to remember something. Not that I, you know. And she said, well, you, uh, me and her, when we first started dating, we'd been partying with friends for hours. Everybody went home, and uh, we weren't tired. And I said, hey, you know, it'd be good is if we, uh, you know, have you? Me and her just started dating. I said, have you, have you ever raced? Uh, you know, I got these go karts. <laughs> and we could go race. I got this little, small little, oh, uh, little tiny road course track. It's kind of shaped like a kidney. And I was like, it's right next to this creek. And we just finished it probably a couple months ago. I was like, let's. We want, she's like, yeah, let's go. Let's go check it out. Let's go race. I'll do it. And so we got on these golf carts at two o'clock in the morning. And I mean, it's dark. We're racing. There's no lights at this track. It's, oh, on a golf cart, not a, a no, go kart. We got on a go kart. Oh, okay. But it's it's not lit. Like it's dark. And uh, there was a building on one end of it, so that was the only light that we had was sort of the corner lights off that building shining across it. But I ran into her in this corner, and she didn't lift off the gas. When I hit her, she just mashed the throttle wide open and just held it and almost went into the creek. She got up on top of this. Uh, she, got, she went over the berm that was sort of the protective berm to keep people from going into the creek, and the back tire got hung up on the root. Uh, this tree that was kind of coming out, you know, growing out of the side of the bank of the creek, and the, she's literally hanging into the creek, <laughs> and it's like six foot down, almost Holy straight crap. down oh into this creek, man. And it scared the hell out of me. I jumped up. She's laughing. I thought I've done ruin this relationship right here. She's gonna be so mad that she doesn't want. Well, you were see a root again. away from ruining that relationship. <laughs> yeah. I can promise you. Yeah. So we had that going on, and then one time I peed in the closet. That was it. <laughs> All right, so wait, whoa, hold, on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on, we ain't letting that skirt by, man. Look at him, he's picking up, he's like, next second. We gotta talk to our friends of Avalanche. Uh, <laughs> I, got a buddy, I got a buddy of mine that peed, uh, his wife woke up and he was peeing in the dresser. And it, oh was, going down, it was going down through all the, the drawers, and I his wife got so mad that he she smacked him and he yeah. started crying. Was so, it like that? Well, I was, um, so I saw a friend of mine do that. We were at a... We were at a party one time, and we were all sort of everybody was crashing in this one bedroom. Yeah. And so literally, like people were sleeping everywhere in closets, and the floor was covered, the bed was covered. All of us kind of woke up to this, you know, puddles dripping, water Jeez. pouring into a puddle sound. You know, it's just water, <laughs> like a like we sprung a leak, <laughs> like we sprung a leak in the ceiling. <laughs> and uh, it was a friend of mine peeing. He basically stood up. And he wasn't even in the corner. He just stood up right where he was and started peeing <laughs> into the floor around everyone. And 
Did I'm, that friend just leave the studio? No. Because <laughs> he has he has his own urination story. Uh, drunk, doesn't he? Oh, yes. Uh, Truex? Yeah. yeah. Pa- the, the parking, the, the parking oh, garage in Daytona? Oh, he peed in the parking garage and got almost arrested. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So after, after that happened, me, me and my buddies, we used to do that. Anytime we'd pee publicly, we'd hold up a number one finger and say we're taking Truex. a Truex. Yep. So, all right. So, the buddy peed. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. that made, I'm like, Kyle, I've never heard of that. I've heard of people peeing in corners and stuff, but I've never <laughs> witnessed it. And that, wow. That's drunk. That's really, really drunk. Well, one night I was hanging out with some friends and uh, we stayed up real late and I was basically at a friend's house and we were in this uh, uh, two-story garage and me, a guy and his girlfriend were staying up there and um, I, they just were like, hey, hey, hey. And I woke up and I had walked over to the closet. It was just a thin, uh, shallow closet, opened the door, and was standing in the doorway, <laughs> peeing into the closet. And my buddy woke me up out of my sleep while I was standing there oh my doing gosh. that. That's so funny. That's like I, that scene in uh, Hangover 2 where Zach Galifianakis is peeing, and he's, you could tell he's asleep, and the tiger is sitting yeah. next to him. I'm standing there thinking, I've done it. I like I I, <laughs> I I I I didn't think this was possible, right? I've heard that, I've heard about people doing this, and now I've I, this is officially the low point. So you realize when you did you realize when he was waking you up what you were doing? Yes. Oh man. And so I'm thinking, oh my God, that's really easier than I thought. It's easier <laughs> to do than I thought. And ever since then, every time I go on a guy's trip, it I don't. It's not often that I do that, but when I go on a guy's trip, it's like. All right, guys. There's a couple rules. Hmm. Um, here, here they are, and one of them is like, don't pee in the corner. Like, really, like, start when you get to this house or get to this place. Like, think about where the bathrooms are. Learn where they are. So, when muscle memory. Yeah, That's so funny. Because if you get so drunk in the middle of the night, I don't have you peeing in the corner of the bedroom. Um, we we had somebody on Twitter write in Trevor Williams. He uh, peed into a fan blowing back at him. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Unreal. Ooh. That's bad. That's good stuff. So that's pretty drunk. <laughs> Peeing into a fan. Yeah. And closets. Yeah. And closets, yeah. Hey, man, I was in an unfamiliar place. That's how that happens, you know. Nobody does this in their own room, in their own house. That's why you got to leave the bathroom light on. That's why you need to know where the bathroom is. Yeah. So when you wake up or when you sleepwalk, into, you know, you know where you're going. You don't go to a closet. Or a dresser drawer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Y'all crazy. Yeah. Let's hear about our friends over at Valvoline. As many of you probably know, I was sponsored by Valvoline for several years, and I even drove a Valvoline car at Darlington back in 2015. That baby was hot. That's a dealer. That was a pretty car. Honestly, it was. It was. A lot, yeah. a lot of drivers are sponsored by Motorola's, but Valvoline, man, they're the something different. They were more than just a logo on the suit or on the quarter panel of the car. Valvoline was a true partner. And they were always hands-on in helping us make our engines perform better. They'd send teams over to Charlotte to work directly with our engine guys in the garage to squeeze out a few more horsepower out of our engines. We literally mixed oils together to try to find the best combination to give us the best power and the best performance. Well, the best power and the best, uh, you know, what is it I'm looking for? We don't want the motor to blow, so it needs to be durable. Durable. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, Bulletproof. Durability. Bulletproof, yeah. All right. It didn't matter if we were running at plate races, road courses, short tracks, or intermediates. They always had a solution because those tracks take different types of oils. Different types of motors need different types of oils. They would always have solutions for us to make our stuff run better. Valvoline even helped me get the monkey off my back at Martinsville in 2014 
where I got my first win ever on NASCAR's oldest track. That's why Valvoline is the only motor I trust in my engines, and it's why you should trust them in your engines too. From high-mileage rides that need that thick anti-wear film to newer engines that have carbon buildup, head over to Valvoline.com Dale to find the product specced out for your engine. That's Valvoline.com Dale. This is the Ask Junior uh, portion of the segment presented to you by our friends at Nationwide. Uh, Leah is at the controls right now taking your questions. Appreciate everybody for tuning in and pouring into the uh, to our YouTube channel. And if, if obviously you follow Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, follow us on all the other social media handles, Twitter, Instagram, and so forth. Support the Dirty Mo Media platform. What we got, Leah? Uh, first question, Jane uh, from Michigan wants to know, how many times a day do you Google something? Oh, man. Probably don't even realize that. I, you know when I branded my arm a long time ago? DMP. We got Yeah, we put a brand on our arm. Somebody gave me a steak brander, and we got uh, drinking one night and thought, man, we should, put, we should all brand ourselves. We're, you know, we're buddies. Let's do it. And you don't know how many people slap you on the arm every day until you have a brand trying to heal, and it hurts like hell when anybody touched it. And so I bet that we Google – five to ten times more than we realize i'll probably google a dozen things today what do you think Mark? already no not already oh, during okay. the day during the day a dozen that's yeah. a lot that but you know what i mean i think he's right i think that you google i mean like i bet i've really i'm probably pushing 10 maybe yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. i was gonna sure. say like three to five no. listen you think about just in our conversations when we're talking about something we need instant research we'll just google it without even, it's almost like muscle memory yeah. right yeah so here's the thing uh, my I, yesterday, for example, um, I have a lot of old programs, old racing programs in the bathroom at the house. And when I go in there, do my business, I sit down and I read these old programs. And I see these names of drivers in these in these uh, lineups and finishing orders and so forth. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder what kind of career that guy had. Google. I go uh, over racing to the reference. phone. Yeah, I go over the phone. I'm like, Huh, Steve Christman, I wonder how many races he ran in the Cup Series. Uh, Bobby Walwack, you know, and did uh, you know, did, I wonder what Bobby Allison's career was like after 1984. Did he have any, how many top fives did he have next year? You know, just start Googling random stats uh, in motorsports. And so that's at least five, I do that at least four or five times a day. Googling something. Specific racing type. Yeah, yeah. something historic in racing. And it's, it's usually nine times out of ten I go to racing reference. Which I did not know. I think I heard it was owned by NASCAR, right? Racing Reference. Yeah, they what? just bought them. Yes. Are you serious? They bought them. Racing Reference yeah. was going to shut down, and uh, NASCAR actually bought it. Yeah. Damn right. Th- wow. Thank Good for you. Them. They needed to because their you. site never had crap on it about Dude, old history. Thank you, NASCAR, because yep. I use Racing Reference daily yeah. um, for something. It's crazy. I use it a lot, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. Moving uh, on. So who was that from, Jane? Yeah, Jane from Michigan, a.k.a. Well, wait, Leah uh, from right here. <laughs> what's funny, by the way, is that what the people at YouTube don't realize is that we just got done wrapping up a conversation about the dr- the things that we've done because we were the drunk. We were drunk. Yeah. We were, things that we've done. And being brand- branding yourself never came up in Dale's example. And I could see that Leah was like... <laughs> Like what the wait, heck? Wait, that you branded yourself, yeah. but that wasn't even remotely the craziest thing you've done, right? <laughs> yeah, that shocked me. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, all right. I reckon. Yeah. Well, you Branding know, a lot of uh, you know college football players are often you know you brand themselves with their uh, team's logo or whatever. Uh, wow. Yeah, you see, you do. And so, yeah, 
we thought, you know, one day we got well, Josh started it. He was going to take bottle caps and put the Olympics uh, rings on <laughs> his arm with bottle caps, oh, which was terribly uh, a terrible idea, of course. But we had the steak brander, and it said DMP, and we're we're like, man, let's put that, let's brand our arms, yeah, you know, stupid idea, it's <laughs> awful. Oh, well. oh, that's funny. Yeah. All right, go ahead. All right, Jessica Ogden, um, she wants to know what other sports you would like to be a part of, um, hosting or broadcasting. You know, dang, you know, it's tough, tough to answer. I love doing the races and selfishly i'd love to broadcast the daytona 500 our own races and 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 outside of nascar and 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 cup events i think you know i'm doing it like i'd love to i'd love to be able to go to the olympics a few more years i don't know how long nbc plans to send me to those so i'm just hoping to even go to the next one if that's an option um the Olympics was such a great experience because it's it's about the best athletes in the world and they're all dedicated their whole lives to this moment. So um, just being around that and experiencing all the countries sort of get together for one cause is a great feeling. Uh, you're obviously proud of you know the United States and all that, and you're you're there supporting them. But watching all the other countries kind of come together for one one purpose is fun. Um, so I think. The, you know, going to the next Olympics summer would be cool seeing the Summer Olympics somewhere. But yeah, man, what else is there? I've done, uh, I'm going to do the Indy 500 this year or this month. We did the Kentucky Derby last month. Um, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Have you done Formula One? I did the playoffs. Uh, I haven't done Formula One. Yeah, that's yeah. on my list too. Yeah. Yeah. I just love to go to a race, yeah. to a Formula One race, much less cover it. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but do the people that are actually broadcasting it, are they even there? And don't they? Don't the people that are broadcasting? Yeah, the they're not are, actually there. They're are not they? there. Yeah. So they're in a, so they're in a booth somewhere. They're in a local you know, oh, booth somewhere yep. in the states. Dang. Okay. Uh, speaking of the Indy 500, Patrick asked, uh, "What part are you most looking forward to?" I don't know. See, um, I, there, I, I can't. I don't want to. There's multiple things, so it's not one thing that stands out. I'm excited to to stand next to a, a true. IndyCar, you know, the cars that I've been around are show cars, um, uh, cars from the past. There's a difference in our sport between a show car and a car that just competed or a car that's getting ready to compete in that moment. There's a difference. You can see it. I know it when I see it. When I look at a show car, I know it's a show car immediately. I, and, and I know that's probably there's that difference in IndyCar too. So when I go to the, to the race, I'm, I'm going to be standing next to a car that I know is able to compete and, and, and it's got the best of the best, right? That'll be cool to be in the presence of, the, of those machines. I'm looking forward to meeting several of the drivers, you know, seeing how those guys approach their weekend and approach that race. Everybody has been telling me that uh, being on the grid before the race starts is probably the most important thing to, to witness and be a part of. And I hope to get the chance to sort of have a little a personal moment, you know, where I may be not working to take that in just even just for a few minutes. I want to hear your. T- I'm dying to hear your take when you come back on that. Sure. So that'll uh, that th- you know. There's a lot of things that are going to be really cool. Obviously, we're going to hang out with Rut a lot. We're going to do probably. I'm guessing. I haven't heard anything from NBC about the plans, but I'm assuming that it's going to be very similar to what me and Rut did at the Derby, which I love to do with Rut. He's a ton of fun. Plus, I get to basically see all elements of a of a of an event when I'm with Rut because he's going to go everywhere. Um, instead of being sitting in a booth the entire time or on top of a pit box the entire time, I get to sort of hop around and see. Because the Indy 500, to me, I'm sure it's more than just about 
pit road. It's more than just about uh, being on the grid. It's more than just about the garage. I mean, there's so many places at that racetrack that have history and uh, obviously, we're going to go to Snake Pit. Everybody knows yeah. that's where everybody's I have, at. I have friends that go to the Snake Pit every year, and I swear they don't even have a clue that a race is going right. on. Right. Like, they have no clue there's actually a race. Sure. So, I mean, I'm, I want to see all these layers to it. Uh, CB Dream Ever 80 wants to know, what's your favorite all-time rock band? Oh, man. Um, that's <laughs> Tough questions so today. That's hard, yeah. I, one of my favorite singers is Matthew Good. He's from Canada. I've been a fan of his since the late 90s. A band that I've been a big fan of here over the last several years is Danger Summer. They just got a new album out called Mother Nature. You know, Three Doors Down, I was a big fan of theirs. They just have so many great singles. R.E.M., a lot of alternative. I was a huge Nirvana fan, Pearl Jam fan. And so through the year, Everclear, all the bands that came out of that sort of grunge alternative wave in the in the 90s, I was a huge, huge fan of that. And that's typically, if I'm going to go pop in a station from streaming radio, nine times out of ten, it's going to be 90s alternative. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much my genre. All right, last question. Um, we get this one often. Um, Brandon Hurley wants to know, how did you and Mike meet? You get this question often? Yeah, like, people really? ask us a lot, like how you guys, because you guys have such a good relationship, yeah. they want to know how it all started. Mike? was hired uh, jade gers was sort of my pr guy pu- publicist he did a little bit of everything between he was the link between me and budweiser budweiser hired uh, his company fingerprint to manage that relationship and have me where i needed to be uh, at all times eventually um jade was getting so busy and 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 actually successful with his company that he hired mike and mike became that guy that would travel with me and go th- you know, give Jade a couple weekends off, and it, got, it became more and more. And, and next thing you know, you know, Mike's the guy at the race. Mike's the guy at the, you know, the production. Mike's the guy at the, uh, you know, Jade still went to those big key events to make sure that the relationship was, was strong and healthy. But Mike became the, the guy that I used, you know, spent a lot of time with. And um, luckily when, you know, when the opportunity came about for, for us to get him over here at Junior Motorsports, he was interested in making that change because uh, it's been one of one of the best hires that I've ever made as a as a driver and as a as a businessman to bring Mike over here. And what he's, I mean, you've done, you know, we can go on and on. He's been he's he's wore a ton of hats at this place. Yeah, that was 2004 um, when <laughs> when we hired when he hired me. That was a long time ago. So or no, that was actually when I started with Jay, 2004. Yeah. First race won the Daytona 500. I was like, oh, wow, yeah, best job yeah. ever. <laughs> best decision ever (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right guys that's all we have time for today thanks nationwide for sponsoring this appreciate all the great questions as as usual you guys deliver speaking of nationwide uh we're doing a segment right now and we have a lot of fun on this show but we also uh, are doing something with nationwide that is very important to uh dale and i and, and matthew leah uh and i really hope that the listeners actually join us on this and so for the past two weeks we've been sharing the story of john tummelson a navy seal who died in afghanistan in 2011 and uh, whose name is going to be on alex bowman's number 88 car uh, at the World 600 at Charlotte. Now, the race is just next Sunday, guys. I yep. mean, this thing's coming up, May 26th. So our goal is this, is that by the time you see Tumbleson's name on the car, that you feel like you know him, right? And it's a special paint scheme. You're going to see it. And so we want you to know his story, and that's why we're doing this. So today we give you Chapter 3. 
Uh, it's a very candid and emotional conversation that we had with John's sisters, uh, Christy and Joy. And so here it is. Christy and Joy, you've told us about your brother John Tummelson's childhood, how at 13 he knew he wanted to be a Navy SEAL, and how he chased his dream. It certainly wasn't easy. Uh, as fate would have it, about the time John finally became a SEAL, my fellow citizens, my fellow citizens, America went to war. American and coalition forces were in the early stages of military operations to disarm Iraq. What can you tell us about his deployments? He said his first four deployments were boring because he didn't see gunfire, he didn't see action. I'm like, boring is good. He's like, no, boring's not good. That's like you going to college for four years to do what you want to do and then never being able to do your job. Like, I want to go there and I want to see action. Do you think he was telling you the truth? Oh, I'm sure he saw action. I mean, he had to have. They don't send SEALs over there to sit around and eat bonbons, you know? It's like, I mean, they're doing stuff, right? I would think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were. When did John leave for his fifth and ultimately his final deployment? On his birthday, 35th birthday, July 1st of 2011 and then was killed August 6th, so was over there just slightly a month. Well, actually, I talked to him the Sunday before he was killed. I was on my way out the door to go to church and saw it was him and answered the phone quick. And they said, I just had a couple minutes, just wanted to call, tell you I love you, everything's going well. And then later sent an email out to everybody that said, you guys, this is the best deployment of my life. I'm having the greatest time. These are the best bunch of guys. Everything's going great. The Taliban is taking responsibility for shooting down a U.S. helicopter. More than 30 people were killed, and there are reports... It's still, yeah, to this day, the the biggest loss of... Single biggest loss... Largest loss of life... In one day, or one mission. Yeah, at one time. 31 total, so 30 guys and then one working dog. But it, it took out his entire team. They said it would take them over 20 years to replace those caliber of men to get that team built back up. How does one receive that type of news? It's not something you can ever prepare yourself for. You know, we, he used to always tell us, I mean, when he went on his first deployment, don't watch the news. By the time you see it on the news, you guys would have already been notified. So if you hear something on the news and they say somebody was killed, it's not me because somebody would have been at your door. Well, little did he didn't think about, they lost 31. They had 31 families they had to, or 30 families they had to notify. Officials say 31 U.S. Special Operation Troops and seven Afghan commandos Eight o'clock that morning, my husband called me. He was at work, and he's like, hey, he's like, I know this is probably no big deal, but he's like, can you turn on the news and see what they're saying? There was a, a chopper that went down and was carrying special forces. He's like, I just have a bad feeling. And I instantly, in that moment, I can't describe it. AP sources say the majority of those killed were from Navy SEAL Team 6. I knew he was gone. I mean, I'd heard of crashes a million times other on his deployments, but that time, I just knew called my dad and told him, you know, I said, do you have the news on? No, what's going on? And I said, well, it may not be nothing, Dad, but... It is the single deadliest incident for U.S. forces during the decade-long war. You know, here's the thing, and he instantly, too, he's like, I don't know, I don't have a good feeling. 
um, there was three officers that came to his door, and they said when he opened the door, he had a picture of my brother sitting by his chair, and he said, I've been expecting you. And then my mom, she, uh, she shops, and my dad calls her and says, where are you? And he, she's like, oh, I'm in Cedar Falls. I'm doing some shopping. And she said she's thinking, why does he care? You know, why does he care that I'm shopping? Like, I'm, I'll be home. And so got home, and by that time, you know, a lot of my dad's family was there, so there was cars at her house. Well, their anniversary was coming up the next month. She thought we were throwing her a surprise anniversary party. And so my dad walks out the door, and my mom says, what's going on? And he says... We lost our son today. Special Operations Forces, and we did confirm through a senior military official they were Navy SEALs. This, as you know, beyond a very, very small community of these highly trained elite U.S. forces. The funeral. There was a really moving photo that went viral. It was of John's dog, Hawkeye, laying at the foot of his casket. Tell me about that. He actually had it in his will. His will was pretty much laid out what songs he wanted in his funeral, and the one requirement was Hawkeye had to be at the funeral. Um, Scott did give him a command to lay down, but he did go over to the casket and lay down in front of the casket, and that's the, the picture that you saw. If I'm telling a story and people don't really remember, and I say, well, remember the picture that went viral of the chocolate lab? And they're like, that was your brother? Mm-hmm. So it, it still connects people. And I think it represents, for me anyways, the loyalty that my brother had as a son, as an uncle, as a brother, as a friend, as a teammate. You know, that loyalty that the dog had to the very end. So John's been gone almost eight years. How have y'all been able to heal? To be honest, I don't know if the healing's over. So, listen, I mean, that uh, I, I can't tell you, I guess as emotional as that conversation got, um, I... I I think I was able to just channel that emotion into gratitude for not just John and not just Christy and Joy, but for our service men and women that just really put their lives on the line and sacrifice so much. And that's what I get out of that. And so, uh, Dale, I mean, you know, we're, we're going to be approaching the, the World 600 and obviously NASCAR and Nationwide. They do just such a fantastic job of doing that very thing, and that is recognizing and remembering our service members uh, that just do this uh, ultimate sacrifice. Well, I'm just so glad that they're ha- open to telling his story and sharing with that, or else we wouldn't know how uh, important this man was and how much he means to his family, how much he means to this country. So uh, it takes a lot of strength to be able to do do that, and we are so thankful uh, yeah. that we, you know, we get to spread his story and and. It starts with those girls, and, and they, they're doing amazing things. Yeah, but next week we'll conclude this series with exactly what Nationwide and, is doing and, and how and basically this paint scheme, which is fantastic. Dale, you've seen it already, but uh, we'll talk about that in the next, uh, next chapter. All right, it's time for the Valvoline DIY segment and uh, question of the week. Dale, we just had Mother's Day this past weekend, uh, and it made us wonder, have you ever actually made a gift yourself uh, for your wife or your mom or whoever it is. I mean, have you ever gone and just done something rather than buy it or just create the gift? Well, let me just say, um, 
I have not until just <laughs> recently. And it's not even creating a gift, but I just, um, I got a little lesson from, from Amy not long ago about handwritten notes. Mm. All right. That's not necessarily crafting uh, yeah, a gift but... together, but you're crafting some words. A lot of times we're just guilty of running out there. You know, it's more about the gift. We're putting so much thought into the actual gift that we're buying or, or putting together. We grab just a simple card and put our name on it. Amy has said uh, to me one day, you know, you've never written hand, you know, written me a note. Because mm. I got a note from somebody. And uh, it was during the time when my mom was uh, in the hospital uh, fighting cancer. And my sister, I was, uh, we were making a shift between I was leaving the hospital and Kelly was coming in to, to be with mom. Kelly left a note on my truck. And was like, uh, you know, you're an amazing brother, and you're an amazing son, and I just, you know, just a very short little note. And I took it home, and I showed it to Amy, and she was obviously like, man, that's awesome. Well, fast forward a couple weeks down the road, I'm getting ready to to give Amy this card. Hmm. And she, uh, she says, you've never written me a note. You know that note and how you told me that made you feel about, you know, your sister, how that not how that made you feel that your sister felt that way and was just thinking of you enough to write that in that kind of t- difficult time for even her and, and mom and me. Um, and so, I, I don't know, man, the, the handwritten note goes a long way, says that you, you know, because it's all about the effort. It's not really about the, the, the prize or the, the value of the gift or the, you know, the, the, you know, the creativity of the card. It's really about your thought behind it and your effort behind it. So that was one thing that stood out. I helped. I don't know that it was a gift, but it, even today, I'm proud of it. But one time, I built Kelly a race car. Yeah. And, it, you That's know, awesome. it, what, yeah. I, when, I, when I think gift, I'm like, well, birthdays, anniversaries, stuff yeah. like that. But Boat. sometimes yeah. you can just gift somebody something out of, out of the blue. Yeah. Um, my race cars weren't local. I couldn't work on my car every day. I had to travel out an hour and a half uh, to see my car, work on my car. So I didn't do that every single day. Um, but I worked on my sister's. It was right there in front of me every day. Uh, she had two cars, and this one was a car that we had bought from a person It was used. And we, I say we, uh, I was tasked or asked to tear it apart and clean it up and, and rebuild it. And so uh, we ended up needing it in a pinch when her car was wrecked. And so she got to drive this car that I built, and I always took a lot of pride in that. Even today, I think about it very fondly. I was um, proud that I was able to—I was proud that I knew how to build a car for, fir- for the first thing. Uh, but I was also extremely proud to build that car that my sister would drive. And, I, you know, thinking back other than that, I can't really think of other things that have maybe— <laughs> That's I pretty did. stout. <laughs> I, I mean, mean built a race car. Yeah, uh, you I built think, a race car. You'd be it. like, hey, Mike, what did you build? A, a bear? <laughs> you know, like— <laughs> I made all kinds of little funny stuff for my mom when I was in school. You know, the yeah. school would say, hey, you know, we're going to make a Thanksgiving card like or some Christmas crap. ornament. Yeah. Popsicle sticks. I've yeah. got some of that stuff, but um, you guys got any good stories? I mean, I, you know, I just tried this just uh, in the last year. I built my wife a coffee table. Wow. Oh, yeah. Didn't know anything about, about woodworking, and you can look at the coffee table and determine that for yourself. I don't know anything <laughs> about it, but... She loves it, right? And we all love it. And so we, we uh, and, and kind of my girls helped me with it. And so we really just kind of just used common sense. I did not know anything. Like it, with this table right here, 
it doesn't look like this, you know, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but uh, but it made me also appreciate woodworking. And, you know, Rick Allen does that stuff. And, okay. and, and He's and, amazing. And at he's it. amazing at it, right. So uh, I, th- I can see myself doing more projects like that. Yeah, nice. I think the best gift I've ever gotten is my brother built me a coffee table this past Christmas. Wow, the coffee table thing. And is, yeah, he popular. worked you see it. so hard on that thing. He put so many hours into it. And we loaded it up. I drove back here um, from Illinois. I was bound and determined to get this thing in my apartment by myself. Like, I had to go up two flights of stairs. And I'm sitting there, like, I got it in the door. And I was like, well, I made it this far. Like, I can get it up these stairs. And I've. Heavy. <laughs> oh, it was hu- it's yeah. huge. It's yeah. huge. I mean, he just. He he worked so hard on it, and I was like, I'm getting this thing in right now. And I did. I pushed it up the stairs, made the corner, pushed up the second step, and I was like, yes, I did it. Didn't scratch it? Nope, didn't scratch I had it covered in towel, so that made right. it easier to scoot. So mm. Yeah, you, yeah got, you, a- you got a better coffee table than my wife got. <laughs> Let's just be real. <laughs> Dillner, you done anything? I, I built a little barren wood shop for my grandma, but... uh Actually, I didn't build anything like my wife, okay, because I thought when you said that, my wife, for her birthday, she went off to Kansas. So while I was gone, I wanted to put up a hammock for her. You know, it's kind of easy, you know, but I, I went out and I measured all the trees, you know, to determine what tree would be good. And I found it right in the corner of my, my yard, these two trees that would work. So I cleared out the woods right there and, and, and uh, you know, put down some some uh, mulch and put down some stones and stuff and gave her a nice little hammock uh, area. That's awesome. To read yeah, that's nice. Very good. Very good. Nice. All right, man. She hasn't used it after the first year. <laughs> just, just Sorry. It's the thought that counts. That's good that's right. stuff. Uh, thank you to Valvoline for sponsoring this segment. Go to Valvoline.com slash Dale. Valvoline.com slash Dale for more uh, interesting DIY stuff. And that's that. It's dinner time. But your stomach is rumbling and you still don't know what you're going to eat tonight. Does that sound familiar, Mike? <laughs> no, just like that. Okay. I even use that voice. <laughs> well, with DoorDash, you don't need to get up from the couch to get a meal cooking. You don't even have to get off the couch to get the meal cooking. No. <laughs> DoorDash connects you to all of your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Just use the DoorDash app and choose what you want to eat. And your DoorDasher, is that... Is that yeah, that's trademarked. I didn't never heard. Your dasher will bring it right to you wherever you are. Order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite chains like Chipotle, mm. Wendy's, mm. Chick-fil-A. Mm. That's awesome. And the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> They're all on there, plus more. Lee and Matthew use DoorDash. Y'all do? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um... When they are, when you're, when you are nose down working on the podcast, you know, and you just don't have time to grab lunch, and sometimes you run a little late, and you can't even get dinner. Or dinner. Or dinner. Y'all or just both. hit up, y'all just hit up the DoorDash app on your phone, and a meal yeah. comes right to you. Boom. Right here at the shop. Holy cow! Unreal. They do oh, that. Man. They Pomodoros, do awesome. chicken parmesan, we got yep. it all yep. set up. And uh, you're pretty satisfied with the meal. Yes, and yes. the delivery. Boom. That's most important. Your dasher? Your dasher. My dasher, man. How about your dasher? You, not not you, Prancer or Vixen or dasher. anybody. <laughs> Our dad dasher is. Your dasher are personable <laughs> and, and, and conversational? Yeah, I just give them the tip and say thanks. Bye. Eat. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off of their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Dale Jr. D-A-L-E-J-R. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code Dale Jr. Again, that's promo code Dale Jr. for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Keep coming, bud. White flag, bud. White flag right there. White flag.
All right, I'm going to start us off in White Flagdale. we got a couple more Apple iTunes podcast reviews to start us off. Kaiser1124, I absolutely love this podcast. It is my Tuesday routine, especially while I am in college. We're a podcast for the millennials. Y'all knew that? Hey. Yeah, that's what I'm telling right. you. AF. Podcast <laughs> my, my fr- We didn't talk about that paint scheme at all. Yeah, uh, yeah. My, my friends know Tuesday mornings are my podcast mornings, and I am not to be bothered. So uh, there you go. Daniel C33-88 says, My mother and father both suffered from addiction problems, and so growing up was not the greatest. The only thing that saved me from my unfortunate childhood was race day and seeing you, Dale Jr., race and win. When you retired, I was unsure what to do, but I discovered this podcast and now can follow weekly just as I always have. Thank you for giving me something to look forward to every week. So there you go. That's very nice. Very nice. Uh, Hayden Stig says, Dale, the vortex theory is true. And that's really all he says. It's all caps and a lot of exclamation points. So he just wants us to know (laughs) that it's true. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> S. Williams and Veteran Built Racing both say they both they, they started listening just a few weeks ago. So we got some new listeners. That's always nice to hear. Yes. Veteran Built Racing adds that they are in their rookie season at a local short track in southern Indiana. This made me start thinking, guys. I want to get your opinions real quick. I started something a long time ago. A long time when we first started doing this podcast where I made decals. And I would hand them out or I would send them to anybody that raced in any short track or whatever. And I said, if you want to put this on your car you will be part of Dirty Mo Racing. You know, we'll, we'll follow your career. We'll celebrate you there. There was a girl, Gemma Rayner, who we're good friends with out in England who did this. She put it on her little street stock car, mm-hmm. and she would send us pictures. And I, this made me think, I need to do that again. Yes. I want to get decals made. Yes. And if anybody is racing, we want you to, if you want to identify with us, I mean, you may not want to, and that's not perfectly understandable after you hear our drunk stories and everything that we do. But, but that being said, I'm going to get some decals made. And if, they, if people race... And you want to run a dirty mode decal on it? Hey, put it on there. Send us a picture. Us a we'll, picture yeah. you're, you're officially on our team. That's, That's all it awesome. takes, right? I love it. You like that idea or not? I love it. All right, we're going to do that. I love stickers. Yeah, you do. You put some in Key West. You yeah. put them all over the place. So, uh, and the only ones I got now are the old Dirty Mo Radio ones. We I don't never have did, any Dirty Mo Media stuff. That, I'm on that one. That's going to be something I do. And uh, Dale said it earlier, but I'll say it again. Follow Dirty Mo Media on all our social channels: YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That's at Dirty Mo Media. This week's TV show. Um, <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking over at our producer right now. I mean, midnight. We couldn't come up with anything better than midnight this week, huh? He, he's looking at. It's like March Madness, man. We're going to have some midnight ball. We're going to have some midnight TV watchers. Maybe they'll air it at another time like they did the Will Power thing. Maybe it'll get multiple airings. We will Uh, not be doing live streaming during commercial breaks for that. Also, a a reminder that if you love Dale Jr. Download, you'll also probably like our sister podcast, Door Bumper Clear, with Brett Griffin, TJ Majors, and Casey Boat. I'm I'm sure Brett will have some fun with the whole Eric Jones uh, situation oh, yeah. they had this week. That'll be fun to hear him. Uh, they might have been pranked last week. <laughs> they might have been. I don't know that I'm Possibly. claiming anything. I, I think Dillner may have been uh, in some of the fellas in this room. But uh, JRM360 had a little fun with Door Bumper Clear last week. So if you want to check that out, go to our YouTube page. That's where you'll find it. Uh, one more thanks to the sponsors uh, for this week's show, Audible. Dale had a lot of fun reading that one. DoorDash, <laughs> Valvoline, and Nationwide. And, uh, and always thanks to our partners at Cadence 13, Dale. Yeah, and, and, and hey, last thing, actually, is a lot of the reviews this week talk about how much they like the odd history. Good. I love odd history. I love history, and odd history is even better. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have a good one this week. This one's uh, this one surprised me. Um, we got the All-Star Race coming up uh, in a few weeks, and I thought that the odds, you know, that crazy, weird, dumb 
you know, even dumb, format changes and, and ideas that have been proposed were just part of, uh, you know, the future. They're part of, part of, part of the present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> part of part of our sort of you know, gen, you know our, the the public uh, perception of the all star race and, right. and oh it needs to go to a new track uh, we need to do this we need to do that all the crazy ideas well they added some crazy ones way back in the day too it ain't just now <laughs> some some ideas are bad some ideas are good but uh, and some don't happen at all and, and thankfully this one didn't. Okay. In 1987, Charlotte Motor Speedway proposed a format for the All-Star Race. This is in 87. I know, this wasn't that long ago. <laughs> it was like it the was. second it was like <laughs> the second like the second or second All-Star Race had been run. So they ran in 80, 85, 86. So going into the third All-Star Race. All right. All right. They wanted to allow the pole sitter to be able to throw two caution flags that would last four laps whenever they wanted. The right. driver, not the team. Yeah, so the driver could choose when the yellow flag would be thrown at any point in the race. He had to choose two cautions to be thrown. It was mandatory that he chose when they would happen, but it was his choice when. But it's mandatory. Mandatory. He had to do it. (laughs) They weren't like in his pocket, and he could use them if he wanted. He had to use them, and he could choose when. The starting lineup would have been set by the number of wins the previous year. So in 87, Tim Richmond would have been able to call for all the cautions from behind the wheel, mm. the two cautions. This format obviously was never used. Yeah, I, thankfully, I think that would have been uh, if I, somebody said. I didn't. I, I don't know that it's that, as crazy as you think. I, really, that, that, the driver calling cautions if, from the car. If somebody it's came, incredible. If somebody came with me and said, "Hey, man, this format's been been suggested," I would have not have. I would have said this is probably something that Keselowski came up with. Or, oh, <laughs> uh, really? I would have thought. Like, humpy. This is a, or, no. <laughs> this, this I would say this is, this is new. This is somewhere you know. This is some kind of hijinks that these this this new generation's got. Uh, but no, this was this probably was Humpy's idea. It probably was from 1987. Right? Yeah, yeah. Who won the '87 All Star? Dale Earnhardt. That's you, yeah. That's why the, I felt like it didn't the, that long because it was all like that that the pass in the grass yes. is that that one? Yeah. So there would have been a lot more to pass in the grass for if you could have the uh, uh, you know call the cautions. Yeah. That would have been. I don't know. Earnhardt got grass All-Stars. in his tire. He calls the caution. Yeah. I got to yeah. get this crap yeah. off. Oh man, I don't know. I just it does feel All Star. We have been so conditioned now to. The word wacky doesn't even seem that abnormal to us anymore for, yeah. when it comes to the conversation of all-star race. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it, yeah. we have this typed up piece of uh, information here that's that's period to date. I guess this was sent out to NASCAR and a few other people in the industry. But, yeah, it says the race needs to be different as far as possible from the Bush Clash, um, and it needs as many unique twists as possible. Uh, it needs to contain elements that not that aren't available in other events, and that's true. I yeah. think that it shouldn't be it shouldn't be anywhere near what the Bush Clash is. Those are two different races. That's why the Bush Clash should be about poles, and this should uh, the the All Star race is about wins. That makes them different enough for me. And uh, yeah, the All Star race can have all the gimmicks. Yeah, but yep. you don't like them when they come out with it. Or you just <laughs> you want some consistency. Well, the '87 All Star race was so good, so oh, I, I would just go right back to that. It's That's all, right. It ain't about the format. The format does not make a great race. It's about the cars and the drivers behind the wheel. And that's where you get the, the, you know, you get the fireworks from. So forget. I don't know why they waste all that time worrying about the format. Just, just go back to '87. Keep that way. Lean on the drivers and to, to, to bring the show. All right. Good stuff, guys. Appreciate the show, guys. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Truex is great. Who's next week? You want to go ahead and tell them? Do I know? Oh, yeah. yeah do you want to oh, tell? He's, a, I he's a big guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mike Helton's next week, guys. That's it's right. going to be a lot of fun. Can't, Can't wait. Can't We're going to get some stories from him. We'll see you then.